All right, what's up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. And I'm Peter. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film, and then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies with our special guest, Sasha. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first we're going to start off with some news, some movie news. Um, First off, guys, we got a a special announcement. Um, We're going to get a season two of the rehearsal. Hallelujah. And I've got blank stares. Peter, you at least know what I'm talking about. Dude, I binged that show last night. It was it's probably the most unique show I've ever seen, to be honest. It's I'm, very special, but honestly, I feel like I would prefer them to stick up. Uh, minor spoiler. Stick with the episode one format where Nathan helps other people instead of Nathan puts himself in the scenario. I think it's all more fun to see him sort of navigating people through the scenarios while, you know, having some ridiculous moments along the way. Um, so honestly, if season two is just six, seven different scenarios that Nathan found himself in to, um, you know, help people out, etc., I will honestly prefer that instead of just one coherent narrative, which is sort of what season one was. Uh, like I hear you, but also I, I did really like how the we kind of went down a rabbit hole and things spiraled out of control and, like like a show that was supposed to be about helping other people became about Nathan specifically. I really like that. So I'm I'm no matter what he does, I'm happy that it got a season two, and that you know like amid the whole Warner Brothers Discovery fiasco, like that survives at least. Dude, um, uh, I'm pretty sure they were gonna be safe anyways because they're only canceling HBO Max originals, and that was true. considered an HBO original, so that yeah. was safe anyways. That the plus. I <laughs> think about it. They got a huge budget for season one, and now they're yeah. reviewing for season two. They might get an even bigger budget. So in season one, they recreated like two houses and one like fast food restaurant. Just think about what Bar. they can do in season two. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you're right. They did do a fast food restaurant. They did both. It's gonna be nice. Um, I'm uh, yeah, pretty excited for that. I mean, also like it helps that it's um. It's non-scripted, which uh, Zaslav, I think, prefers. The guy who's, like, in charge of what gets cut. He seems to prefer that. He also thinks that it's um, more oriented towards female viewers, the non-scripted content. It was a weird PowerPoint slide that was going around where it was, like, you know, HBO or HBO Max is for... uh, It's male-skewed with its scripted format. You know, if it has a script, it's for boys only, apparently. (laughs) <laughs> whereas discovery was more um non-scripted reality tv and that had apparently a female skew uh who knew oh. thanks zaslav for your uh marketing insights well they have the analytics and, i i mean i suppose but also that sounds like bullshit to me um uh okay so uh, some more news uh top gun has uh, stayed in theaters for how many months is it now? Came out in May. Yeah, end of May. Yeah. So, so like, this now? is what three? Yeah, three months, and it's uh, making lots of moolah um, as it's uh, making lots of money for the military. Yay! <laughs> so now it, it's overtaken um, Infinity War 
Avengers Infinity War as um oh shoot is it the sixth highest grossing film of all time right now yes I think you're right so um I don't know what's after six Uh, let me just look that up but I feel like yeah it's still in theater yeah yeah it's not I don't think it like yesterday I went to see a movie and we still we saw I think about three showings for Top Gun in the theater I went to so I don't think it's gonna. I think it's at least gonna stay for the entirety of August. So that would be like three whole months where the movie will stay in the theater. Yeah, um, the Wikipedia article I'm looking at doesn't have it listed as six. It has it as twelfth right now. So I don't know. You know, sometimes they kind of like, it's like uh, special circumstances where it's like highest grossing, but you know, what are we counting here? Um, but you know, I feel like it could pass Frozen Two, Furious Seven, The Lion King, the new Frozen one. Two is up there. Jurassic World, you know. Those, some I of those like... numbers might be adjusted for inflation too. They might. Be wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's Frozen what I was saying, One is not up there, but Frozen Two is. Well, you have to build the fan base with the first one, bro. That is know. bullshit, man. Like, come on. Well, it, Frozen wasn't a cultural phenomenon right when it came Dude, out, but it was when it, the sequel and came out. Objectively, Frozen One is a much better film. Yeah, no, that is true. But <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't matter. More money. Oh my yeah. God. But yeah, I feel like um I feel like Top Gun has legs. Like it could it could keep going. It's quite the um the dad film. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um some more news. Uh Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are teaming up again after Barbie to star in an Ocean's Eleven prequel. Um, I don't know what that means having like, we've already got an Ocean's 11 prequel, Ocean's 8. So is this Ocean's 9? Ocean's 1? I guess there's two of them. So Ocean's 2? I don't know. (laughs) Are we going to do a different naming scheme that isn't stupid? I don't know. (laughs) But um, yeah, I've heard someone say that it seems that he's got a new um, common co-lead. He used to star with uh, Emma Stone for a while. He's, uh, Which I think is ridiculous, by the way, because him and Emma Stone was like god tier, you know. Yeah, they were pretty good. It's like it's not even triple A at that point; it's like quadruple A, you know. Yeah, they're just so good together. They have s- such good chemistry, and then we haven't even seen a single film with him and Margot, and now they're doing another one, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is gonna be a new duo." Bullshit! Fuck that! So much better well, with Emma Stone. Well, maybe, actually, I can't judge because I haven't seen the movie yet. But yeah, maybe Barbie is just that good. I don't know. People, are, I'm I'm excited for Barbie, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. I cannot wait for that movie. Well, double okay. feature that day. Double feature I'm with Oppenheimer. Saying, bro, between Nolan and Greta Gerwig, I think I'm gonna go go with Nolan. You know, you're Nolan insane. First. I'm. Well, I don't know what I would do first because I might want to start with the downer Oppenheimer and end on well, a high note with Barbie. Why would that be a downer, man? Like, it's like, what are you talking about? Biology. It's about the atomic bomb. Yeah, but of it's course not- it's a downer. Dude. dude, yeah. dude. dude. It's, like, it's sorry. It's a story, man. It's a story. All movies are stories, Peter. That's ridiculous. And plus, no, like, I'm- I don't know how Nolan's time fuckery is going to play into that. Yeah. Well, he's already been, I don't know if you've seen, but he's put up um, those like cardboard cutout thing, like displays at the movie theaters. There's already some out for Oppenheimer, which is literally a year away. But the, the gimmick is they've put a timer 
on it that counts down for the movie release. So it's oh, yeah, 11 months. In the, there was like a live trailer that updates constantly. Okay, that's cool. The, uh, when the movie's going to release. That's cool. But yeah, so it, it says that now um, on, the, on the actual cardboard cutout. So that's going to be there for a year. Dude. That's the, so silly. Because we mentioned uh, Nolan, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I saw this on Twitter. It's like, Nolan is pissed because he cannot use an actual atomic bomb for this movie. <laughs> Because <laughs> no one loves practical effects, right? Like, he I'm sure crashed he, a plane yeah. for Tenet. And the fact that he cannot explode an actual atomic bomb for this movie. <laughs> I'm yeah, assuming I'm assuming that was a joke, right? That, that wasn't is a joke, a, yes. Yeah, okay. I don't think no one wants to do that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Um, moving on. Um, I've heard great things about uh, a particular movie that's in production right now, or in some stage. I don't know where it's at right now, but um creed three um that's uh with oh shoot what's his name michael is it michael b jordan i was like it's not it's michael jordan but not (laughs) michael b jordan is uh coming back as creed and this time he's directing i believe which is interesting um taking the reins from ryan coogler of black panther uh it's co-starring tessa thompson uh and uh jonathan majors love that guy um and yeah apparently it's had a test screening and it it uh turned out really good like 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 top tier you know whatever you s tier or whatever um so i'm excited for that i actually haven't seen the first two creed movies i need to get (laughs) on that well whatever but i you know i get excited when i hear a movie's doing well it doesn't matter if i've seen the movies before you know, all I'm saying is, it's like, um, I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with esports, but in esports, there's this thing called scrimming, where uh, it's a team before the actual match practice against other teams. And just because the team has good scrim results does not mean the team will actually perform to that level. So I take test screening with the same sort of attitude. It's like, this is... This can be a good indication, but take it with a huge grain of salt, you know? I, I agree. Um, Cause, cause, cause dude, like, think about it. We always hear mixed things about test screening. Like, some, like, even with, like, actual reviews of movies that are releasing, right? Like, on the day of the premiere, we have people who say, oh, like, for example, Love and Thunder, best Thor film, best MCU film. And then there are you, people, yeah. right? So... This, that's yeah that's all true um you know take things with a grain of salt i will say that like i think it's a pretty good indication usually until um mm, yeah i would say like it's usually a good indication what you're talking about with the press screenings uh especially for marvel movies you do have to be careful to kind of weed out who are the the, the hype people who are mm-hmm. you know throw thrown in there to like um, generate positive reviews versus the people who are going to give you like an actual, you know, opinion. Um, so yeah, like the day, the first day on Twitter after the press screenings happen, I'm always like, okay, yeah, get through the positive ones and then look for the people who are like willing to say some mean things and see how bad they think it is. And that'll usually give you a, a decent indication, but for uh, for test screenings, yeah, I would I would usually kind of trust how they're leaning, especially if people think it's like really good. I don't know how it could go from really good to really awful. Like that doesn't make sense. So I think I think it's a pretty good indication. 
I mean, more often you might see like a score, uh, like a movie doesn't do so well. And that's sometimes because um, they almost never see like a, like a fully uh, CGI, uh, all, all of the visual effects, you know, usually they see kind of like mock-ups, which can usually lower scores actually. Um, but yeah. Um, okay, so some more news. Uh, Robert De Niro is going to star in a gangster film uh, with himself. He's pulling double duty <laughs> as uh, two opposing gangsters. Um, as far as we know, they are not twins, but man, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was really funny that he was going to do that. He's doing the, the twin thing now. Um, I made a joke on Twitter about how I was wondering maybe he'll be in drag for one of the twins and maybe Al Pacino will make an appearance and try to sleep with the girl version. Thank you, Sasha. You get yeah. it now. Yeah, now I get it. When I saw that on Twitter, I was like, what? And now you saying it, I'm like, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. You, yeah. Go back retroactively. Like it, please. And thank you. Sure. I'll um, get right on that. I don't, I don't think I got any likes on it. Come on guys. That's obviously a Jack and Jill reference, Adam Sandler. I don't think Robert De Niro could do it better than Adam Sandler, but the fact that he's got a close relationship with Al Pacino would make it so much more funny. <laughs> um, that's all for that. Um, uh, an update on some news we covered last week. Ezra Miller apologizes, or do they? Um, they released a statement, uh, hard to say if that was actually them or perhaps their publicist. <laughs> um, but it seems that maybe Warner Brothers is going with option number one, which was uh, have a limited Ezra Miller appearance in the, the press release uh, for The Flash and ultimately release the film, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Um, yeah, any, any thoughts on, on that development? Crickets. I haven't, Honestly, I haven't heard much, at this point. But... I don't know, man. Like, because like, most likely, no studio is gonna hire him after Them. all these instances. And like, his movies haven't been They're... hugely profitable either. So it's not like there's an argument to be made, you know, to keep hiring him despite all these problems. <laughs> Them, Peter. <laughs> They're non-binary. They don't use he/him pronouns. Right. All right, I'm trying right, to school you. Right pronouns. Um, Good job, well, Alex. Dude, dude, honestly, at this point, I think they just need to make a quiet exit. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they're at least acknowledging what happened yeah. instead of trying to sweep it under the rug, which well, is I so mean, much worse. It's way too big for them to sweep under the rug. <laughs> They've been trying. They've been trying for this long. Um, you know, there was no comment for a long time. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I fully believe that it's them. Were they apprehended? I, I feel like I might have heard that. But I, I think, I think I had seen somewhere that they're being possibly charged with something. I don't. I'm gonna say this without saying anything officially because I actually have no idea specifically. Um, all I've seen is just you know various things about them. I just I, the most recent thing is that they're getting help. So hopefully that. Yeah, it goes well, and I'm glad that they're they're seeking help, but it's definitely um, it's been wild. It has it has certainly what's, been wild. It's been surfacing and going on. Yeah, 
Uh, okay, and last bit of news. This one's actually topical. Um, recently, actually, my brother shared a, a TikTok video with me. Apparently, there's um, a writer for, I want to say the New York Times, um, who has been beefing with a manless Stan, Stan, Stanberg? Well, I don't know what her, how to pronounce her name, but uh, the lead character, one of the lead characters in this movie, uh, the actors, they're they're having beef because in in the person's review, they they said something like, um, "This movie, bodies, 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 is a is a cleavage something." Like they were talking about how. Oh yeah yeah yeah! I heard about this. Man, I wish I knew what it was. Yeah, no, okay, so so my boyfriend told me about this, so I'll, okay. I'll fill you guys in from what I heard from him. So basically, there was a critic who was saying, and I, I, I think it was, uh, I think it was, what character was it? Uh, Sophie. A man list down. Yeah, it must have been, I think, yeah, I guess it was. I think he said it was maybe B, but I think he might have had it confused. But basically, this critic said that, like, oh, this movie was basically just a 90-minute cleavage fest yeah it and was so, advertisement yeah. advertisement for cleavage basically yeah and then so so she like dm'd her i think and said like yep. stop tearing it stop staring at my tits or something uh, <laughs> and then i think then the critic posted this or something and yeah it was mm-hmm. just a whole thing that's just what i heard um yeah it, it's it's funny because like it did seem like amanda was kind of joking about it like it's not like she wasn't going off she was just like okay well stop looking at my my boobs please um it is kind of funny that like the the critic is uh i i believe is queer as well so that like plays into it yeah perhaps i don't know um anyways but yeah like they keep digging themselves into a hole on tiktok commenting and then they were like people (laughs) i don't know if these are older videos or new videos but they've been you know talking about how they're just such a talented writer for the New York Times and they worked hard to get where they were. Meanwhile, their father is the editor of the paper. So <laughs> yeah, definitely wasn't that. Yeah. Um, but that does bring us to our movie of the week, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, so we're going to start off with our guess the Metacritic score game. We need a better name. Uh, let me do a quick rundown. So Metacritic uh, takes a bunch of uh, critics uh, scores and creates an average of them so only critics not like Rotten Tomatoes that uses uh, just random users these are like hand selected critics um, that are allowed to like put in their scores um, they are split up they're color coded so um, 80 or 60 and above are green so that's kind of like these are good movies 80 and above are must see movies um, I want to say just the 50s are yellow and then 49 and below are red. Um, so we're going to try and guess uh, what bodies, bodies, bodies got on Metacritic. Um, so I think Peter started and won last week. So uh, would you like to start or would you want someone else to start, Peter? I'm going to give Sasha the, or- the honor of starting. Okay. Uh, hmm. So you pick a color. Yeah. And you pick a score. Okay. Well, they're uh, tied together, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll just say the the number. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess sixty two. Interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go with sixty seven. 
I'm gonna say 65. Ooh, perfect middle. (laughs) So hopefully someone remembers. Keep us honest. Okay, checking. Uh, And this is of course gonna take me forever. Oh, I was I the highest with 67. I think so. Yeah. Okay, I win. 60, 69. Oh, okay. So it's still in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, that, that lines up. The sixties are kind of like, I think, um, the Deadpool movies and like probably f- maybe free guy got in the sixties. That's always what I use as a reference point that those movies are like, yeah, free guy got 62. So I, I like using those ones as references. Cause it's like, these are movies that are not bad. They're good movies, but also like, they're not great. You know, they're, they're fun. They're good movies, but yeah. So I'd say, yeah, that's about right. So uh, I I won that. So who's going to go first? Peter, you're going to go first for your non-spoiler reaction. Okay. Um, I'll just say this movie, if you don't take it seriously, it's great fun. But if you take it as like a, a serious, you know, satire for Gen Z, the, uh, the new sort of like TikTok social media stuff, and then also... I guess the stereotype of what being a Gen Z means, like you take seriously as a movie that does a commentary on these aspects, then you won't, you won't really have a good time. Honestly, I think like if you, the more you sort of drill into this movie, the less it works. And that's when you stop having fun. So I think if you treat it as like uh, my letterbox review, I said, this movie is like, uh, I think it's about seven people, right? Seven people in the house? Thereabouts. Yeah, like seven people who secretly have beef with each other play the game Among Us in real life. Uh, Like, if you you treat it like that, then you'll have an amazing time. But if you take it any more seriously, then your enjoyment level dips. So... What would your score be? My score be? I think I give it a three out of five, I think. Um, Yeah, I give it a three out of five. Okay. And would you recommend it to someone? I would say, I would say no. I don't, I don't think it's, um, your time, like both in terms of the side hack comedy component and also in the horror component, I think there are better movies who does both of these things, but better. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sasha, what do you think? Uh, so I basically watched the trailer the day of going to the movie because I I'd seen about half of the trailer before and then subsequently forgot about it. Um, which, uh, there's another movie similar thing happened, but that's okay because they both ended up turning out well. I definitely liked this one. Um, I think it had a great blend of comedy and horror to it. Uh, like there were some parts where I was definitely just howling at, um, which, I always love. Uh, and then also with the horror, though, it was not overly scary. It created, I think, the perfect blend. Um, because if a movie is, like, you know, constantly jump scary or just is you're on edge the whole time, that I personally just don't like. That's just uncomfortable for me. Um, so I think this movie did a good job of it. The premise itself, I think I agree with Peter in terms of, yeah, it was, you know, essentially just an Among Us game. But, yeah, as a satire, I think that's what it was getting at. And so I think that was, there's an element of that which is enjoyable to some extent. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I had a good time with uh, with this one. It was it was one that I was happy to see, for sure. 
Nice. And what would you score it? I would score it probably between a three and a half and a four. Nice. And would you recommend this to someone? Uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to somebody. I think it's a good, uh, good experience. Cool. Um, okay, my turn. Um, yeah, I had a good time as well. Uh, I actually went with both of you guys. So I went once with Sasha and once with Peter. Um, and so I have seen it twice. Definitely liked it better the first time. Um, I don't think this movie works quite as well um, when you know what happens, um, which is maybe an issue, but also maybe just don't watch movies, you know, twice in three days. That's just kind of stupid in general. Or no, it might have been, I think it was twice in four days. So, uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, first time I, I did enjoy, I thought it was funny and I thought, yeah, the horror or not horror, um, the kind of like thriller or like, you know, the tense moments I did find were tense, um, which is good. I, um, yeah, I don't think it's like a great movie. I think, um, I think it does kind of like fall apart at some point and it's it's a little bit it's a little messy uh with the whole gen z thing um i'm not sure that like there's like a strong um like commentary there on on gen z and what it means in that respect but um but i think it was an entertaining movie and i think that's kind of what matters in this case um so i would i think i i scored it um three and a half stars out of five um so like pretty good um and i would i would recommend that people go check this one out uh, especially if you're around our age um because it does kind of like try to poke fun at some of the things that we do and i think there's some good cases like where that does work um yeah so that's that's our non-spoiler reaction. So I'm going to put on the, the spoiler zone warning. Um, wee wee So if you haven't seen it, um, go check it out. Or if you don't care to see it, um, you can still listen. And we're going to kind of tear into this movie and like talk about all the sort of things. So we started uh, talking about it already. So let's just get into it. Um, our first topic and so we've got sorry we've got a list of topics that we've compiled between us and i've given them all names that are i tried to be clever with the naming so see if you catch on so the first uh the first topic is lol uh and that's gonna be uh the satire the gen z satire so um what did you guys think uh, was it funny accurate how do you feel about it Okay, personally, Pete Davidson. Like, um, like I say, because of like the whole setting part, is a little less relatable. Cause like it's like, it's literally just a um, a This, just like a um, bunch of rich assholes getting high yeah. and drunk in a mansion, and I don't think that's relatable to everybody, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but like Pete Davidson, like we all know him. We all have someone who, who's like him in our friend group, you know, just mm-hmm. like someone who's pretty careless, but, uh, also very easygoing, but actually like, I, I really like the how like they went the extra miles and instead of just portraying Pete Davidson, that's sort of just, just like meathead character in the group. 
he also has like a vulnerable and uh, sensitive side to him as well, you know, which I think is pretty fun because usually when movie portrays character like that, they they're very um, they're very loose in terms of their actions, but they're also loose in terms of their emotion as well. They don't really get mad or jealous easily, you know. But um, I really like that that uh, include a sensitive side. What? Hold on. What movie did you watch? What sensitive? When was Pete Davidson sensitive in this movie? Well, I mean, at least he's. Um, I I guess I guess it's less so being sensitive and more just like he wants to be the center of the attention and also being liked. I guess so. It's less so about sensitive. I guess more like vulnerable. I guess. Um. Okay. I know what you mean. Like he's got flaws that are rooted in like. Um, what I assume is like lower self-esteem, like that has to do with like the the ending yes, yes. insecurities. Sure, yeah. Um, but there's not. I wouldn't say there's ever a point where he's expressing the fact that he feels insecure or vulnerable. Um, he is kind of like that tougher shell, and that tougher shell really does bite sometimes. Um, he can be quite the asshole in this movie, which is great. It's fantastic. Um. <laughs> Uh, Sasha, what do you think about the, uh, the Gen Z satire? Okay, so my commentary to this is going to be kind of general, but also I'm going to bring it specifically to this movie. I think taking, seeing a lot of the Gen Z humor and lingo and mannerisms, for me, it takes a lot of getting used to still. There's a part of me that finds it funny, uh, some aspects of it. Like, for example, in this movie, one specific thing was the whole, like, however long it went on the whole discussion about gaslighting that was oh yeah hilarious <laughs> but then it does the other side there's also like you know the fact that they're like there's that scene where b walks in on everybody making a tiktok and then there's a whole thing at the end and so i'm just like so you know when i see things like that like kind of that blunt and that directly there it's also like okay now are they just trying too hard I think even when I see like companies advertising on TikTok, even for me, that's just like, eh, okay, sure. I can see what you're doing, but um, so that might just be the shock of how like new it is, but also relatable because, you know, growing up, you watch older movies, right? You can't relate to that. But when you see something that is, you know, in your world and it's just like, oh, okay, I know what this is, or I've made a TikTok or whatever, then I think it kind of, it's, it's a different sentiment towards that. So I think, part of that will be getting used to seeing those kinds of things in movies and just media in general. But uh, I think it, it, the, the majority of the satire and the humor relating to Gen Z definitely worked, I think um, because a lot of it just provided humor that was relatable and enjoyable to see uh, for the most part. So I, I think I'm trying to think of more specific examples, but you know, the gaslight one for sure. I think just the relationship dynamics too was a part of it. Um, you know, there was that discussion after, I guess, um, it was after the first death, I guess that was Greg's death. Um, there was the first real death or no, the first, uh, um, the one in the game itself. Okay. So there was that whole discussion where, uh, between Emma and, um, with her and her relationship and, David. You know, there was, yeah, and there was all that. And so that discussion kind of was kind of, it's it also, yeah, it, it provides a commentary on the relationships, both romantic and just between all these people as a group um, and how people today deal with that as well, I think. 
So that was also interesting to see, I think, because it's it's kind of a new perspective that is slowly emerging and being shown now more in, in media and is relatable. Like you mean how everyone just kind of sucks and hates each other? <laughs> yeah, kind of, and how superficial things can be and how just stupid and petty arguments are and the consequences mm. of those. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, the depiction of Gen Z um, in this movie is kind of crappy, like um, not not like crappy as in like um, inaccurate necessarily, but definitely like these are all like awful people. <laughs> um, yeah. I just feel like, yeah, the depiction, like, they're, like, they're vain, and um, they're all kind of, like, self-interested, and they, they use all these words that they, I don't know that they fully know the meaning of. These, it's like those, um, uh, like, like, those keywords you find on the internet all the time, and even um, Pete Davidson mentions this when he, when they talk about Gaslight, like, oh, wow, you have a Twitter account, like, yeah so many of those words that you would find in having a Twitter account are in the movie. So I wrote some of them down. Yeah. There's, so there's gaslight, um, silencing. When, oh yeah. And, uh, Alice says, you're silencing me. Um, ableist, yeah. um, body dysmorphia ally. I really like the ally yeah. joke. Um, trigger enable. Yeah. That sort of well, stuff. well going to like, and, and talking to that, like the whole, when w- there was the discussion where, uh, where Jordan's got the gun on, on Sophie and B and, um, and I think Alice was there as well, but yeah. that discussion like of the, and I think this was both, it had its good side and its bad side where they're talking about their own personal struggles and mental health and things like that. And those are definitely important things, but the way that the movie presented them, it was kind of satirizing it, which is that a good thing to be doing? I don't know. I don't know if that's, if it crosses the line between making a joke out of it and actually sharing or showing what these struggles are and how, uh, what effects they might have on these people and how significant they are. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think sometimes the joke is on the other people, though. So not always. So you are right. Like, I think Alice... No, no, no. Yeah, a lot of the time the joke is the other, like how the other person reacts to them and like doesn't take them seriously, which could play into what you're saying. But like, Alice says, you know what? Mental health is such a serious issue. I think I have body dysmorphia. And Jordan says, oh, shut the fuck up already. Yeah. <laughs> right? And um, Sophie's talking about her drug addiction. And uh, Alice is like like stuttering as she's trying to be like, okay, um, I'm an ally. And like she's really carefully choosing her yeah. words. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, so I, and also to what you said about um, seeing TikTok things, it reminds me of um, watching The Batman. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the the bad guy, the Riddler, he live streams in the movie, which totally <laughs> takes you out of like this gothic neo-noir feeling. You're like, oh, he's live streaming and like people are sending the hearts. It was really weird. So I, I totally get how that's um, how it feels weird now. And it's actually weird that they don't do a live stream in this movie. Um, but I think all things considered, like the TikTok thing is like, it's incidental. I think is the right word. Like it's not, um, it's like what the characters are doing when B walks in, but it's not, there's not like a whole bit about the TikTok thing. Right. So I feel like they integrate it nicely and not in a, um, not in like an over uh, handed or like ham fisted way. Um, So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I honestly don't think the the satire was that bad. I know a lot of people are like saying that 
a common a common uh nitpick is that like it's as if uh, a bot or like an ai took all the gen z <laughs> things and then made a movie and yeah, i don't think that sounds about right kind of i I honestly don't think that gives. I mean, no, it's it's not it's not that it's not that extreme, but it's it, no. I can see where they're coming from though for sure. Yeah, um, I do. I think it's interesting that the director is Gen X. I want to say, and the I I think there was a story by credit and a written by credit. So one of them there isn't like the Wikipedia for. So I, I don't know how old they are, but one was like a millennial. So, um, and I mean. I think for a satire, it does help if you're not part of the group that you're like making fun of. But I would wonder what a Gen Z would have made if that would have been better. It does help. I think it helps to have yeah. like an outside perspective. So, um, but yeah, um, I found it funny, and I I definitely recall like in the theater the first time there were there were other people there, and we were laughing, but yeah. no one else was laughing, and they were young people. Um, yeah. We found it funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think people just need to loosen it up. Yeah. They get so, they feel so um, like, like they're getting attacked. Like uh, they're talking about me and my generation and yeah. oh, it's so cringe. And it's not <laughs> no, though. No, it's it, not. Yeah. I guess it's just people um, can't laugh at themselves. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I'm just looking at like some of the other things I wrote. One of the weirder things was, or the things that I think, older people don't understand is that um in movies sometimes the like characters when they're typing on their phones they have the ringer on so that you hear the keyboard clicks <laughs> yeah. no one does no that. no the only, person, the, person. the only person i know who still has that is my mom and that's it so but like not gen z no definitely not definitely not and i don't even um, think she does anymore so yeah i've and, never seen that and same with the end of the movie. I don't want to get into it until the end of the discussion, but the end of the movie, notifications, bing, yeah. bing, bing, whoop, right? All those sounds. We don't have the ringer on. It's nice for like comedic effect, yeah. but it's it's definitely inaccurate. Well, or the, it's, um, yeah, either ringer off or it's buzzing on your watch. So it's, you're not going to hear it. Yeah, you yeah the bu- the buzzer sound would at least work, but yeah. no one no one does the click, 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 click sound. Um, yeah. Okay, one last thing about the um, the Gen Z thing. They, I thought it was funny that they talk about a podcast and how it's relevant for us. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to, to get a following. I was like, that's that's true, Alice. I feel for you. I hope no one's hate listening to this right now. Um, anyways, let's move on. Uh, here's another topic that's good to start out on. Um, I call it MVP. Um, so let's talk about casting. Um, Personally, I'm a Rachel Sanat Stan certified now. I've got my uh, my membership card. Um, she was she was Alice. I think she's great. She did um, Shiva Baby, and I recommended one of her other films, Tahara, last week. Uh, and she is great in this movie as well. I'd say she was probably my favorite actor in this movie. I think she's really vital to the comedy of it all. Um, you know, some characters are definitely more like, um, like they're acting like they're in a horror movie, like more accurately. And then there's the characters who are being funny for the comedy part of it. And that that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, unlike Thor Love and Thunder, when everyone knew they were in a comedy film, unfortunately. Um, go check out our last episode. 
Um, I also liked um, Lee Pace as as Greg. He was, if anyone forgot, and I will never forget, he was Ronan the Accuser in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, and I always think that's interesting, but I liked him a lot. And I also liked Pete Davidson, surprisingly. I'm not like, I'm not super into like his thing, but I thought he was really good in this movie. And yeah, all three of those characters were really important to the comedy. And so I appreciated what they did. Crickets again. Okay, for me personally, gotta say, um, the the actress from Borat, I think. Well, Maria like, Bakalova. Yeah, I, th- I think I think she did a good job. But the thing is, like, some characters doesn't demand you to pop as much. If you know what I mean. Um, so like. So, like, Rachel Sennett's character requires her to be loud and to be, like, present in almost every scene that she's in. And I think she delivered that perfectly. And because of the, I guess, because she does that, she, her presence in the film is felt a lot more compared to some of the other actors just because, like, her part requires her to do that. So, I agree with you. Personally, I think, like, a lot of people on Letterboxd and other reviews I said, her back must be hurting because she carried the whole film. I agree with that, but also we have to keep in mind that some character just simply doesn't require you to be in the scene as present as uh, Rachel Center's character. So I think like these two are the highlight for me, like uh, the Borai actress and uh, Rachel Center. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you mean. Well, we got glitchy there. Are we good? Okay. I agree with what you were saying, but also, yeah, I bet her back does hurt because, like, she really did carry this movie. <laughs> um, Sasha, what do you think? I think it was fairly well cast. I mean, I'm in terms of each individual person. Like, I the only person I knew going into this movie was Pete Davidson. So, and I don't I haven't even <laughs> seen much of what he's in. So, I can't really speak much to casting in that sense. But I think everybody who the the majority of the the actors in this movie portrayed their characters well and fitting as to what they needed to do. Um, like, uh, yeah, like um, Maria Bakalova, I think she was her, she did a good job of making her character seem mysterious because she was supposed to be. Nobody knew who she was. She just sort of randomly comes in as, as Sophie's girlfriend. Um, and, and that's represented at the beginning. Everybody's kind of resentful of her. And throughout, she def- she sort of means this sort of quiet tone and doesn't really say much and just kind of has this look on her face of it's, it's kind of, it's like a timid look, but it's also one where she's kind of determined as well. And that comes out, I think throughout more as the night unfolds. Um, so I think, yeah, there, there was nothing really that jumped out as like weird to me in terms of the casting. I think everybody seemed to do a pretty good job. So would you say, um, Maria was your favorite as B, or was there someone else you liked? I I would say so. Yeah, I think she she definitely did a good job. I think Lee Pace also did a good job too of portraying Greg because Greg was also a similar thing where nobody else knew who he was, and he definitely Mm -hmm. came across as that, um, just like this sort of random, kind of chill guy. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next, Uh, this one I had trouble coming up with a good name. Either either it's. BBB or 
how we've been typing it to each other over our text messages, bodies times three, because <laughs> um, we're lazy. Um, let's talk about the actual game, bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, first of all, why on earth are they slapping each other? What yeah, was that I, about? <laughs> it was never, I wish that was explained, because that was just weird to watch. Yeah, like, I don't understand how that factors into anything. It's not, like, about choosing who's the killer. Is it just to, like, hype them up it, well, in, like, it, a downer way? It reminds me of this game that... I don't know if this is just, like, a My Family thing or all Indian people do this, but basically it's this game where, like, um, somebody will... So there'll be two people, and one will hold their hands like this, sort of palms together, and the other person will go like this, like, sprinkling nothing over their hands and then to slap them as the other person like moves their hands away um but that actually has a point because you sort of just like play and whoever you miss then you switch places but yeah the the whole slapping thing was weird it was uncomfortable to watch like be slapping sophie because it's like yikes that's like partner abuse kind of or it really it kind of gives that yeah that and what's it's weird like, don't is hit your partner i could never want to do that yeah, and what's weird is she has trouble hitting Pete Davidson, <laughs> the guy with possibly the most punchable face in this movie. Yeah, literally. And, he's, <laughs> and then she's like, she's like, oh, I have to slap my my girlfriend. Okay, and smacks hard. <clears throat> I, Honestly, I just, like, it was weird. Now looking back, when I watched it, I I thought I was very unnecessary, but now looking back, I guess like, it does make sense because. Um, like, especially if you look at Pete and uh, Lee Pace's character, like, they already have this sort of, like, feud going on between them. And they were sort of using this game as sort of uh, uh, a method to relieve the tension, almost, to let it out. Um, and, you know, as it's pretty obvious in the movie, Pete punched pretty hard. Um, and I guess, like, we can also see the progression as sort of, like, the drug and alcohol started kicking in. How uh, uh, B in the first slapping circle was hesitant to do anything, but in the second slapping circle, despite you know the target being her girlfriend, still like slapped pretty hard. So I guess like that could be one of the reasons why they incorporated that scene. I mean, yeah, I think I think it has a place in the movie as. Um kind of it's it shows how like they're being so lighthearted about um this slapping bit and they're all like laughing but like it's like abuse you guys are like hitting each other and like hard like they're not like pulling their slaps um and so i think it speaks to like the greater um idea of like toxicity in the friend group so i i i'm not saying i don't understand why it was in the movie i'm just saying like in the logic of the movie, like if you're in the world of the movie, why are they playing that game? It, it seems like a separate activity to bodies, bodies, bodies. So like there should have been a character who goes, okay, why are we slapping each other? And then someone goes, oh, well, this is why. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but they never do that. Um, yeah, I feel like the whole game, bodies, <clears throat> bodies, 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 it's just like pretty poorly explained. Like a man like goes, oh, let's play the game. And then they cut out the pieces of paper and then we never see the pieces of paper again. I found that also weird how she's just, they're cutting out the pieces of paper, but we never see people like draw the pieces of paper. Like we don't see them take them and we don't see people looking at the blank. I guess it's important that we know, or we don't know who was the killer for later, but yeah. Um, And yeah, 
just no explanation of what's going on. Um, and then, yeah. And it's also like, it is Among Us. It's kind of weird that no one goes, hey, isn't this Among Us? <laughs> like, Well, that's what I said in the theater. I'm like, what? I've heard, I've played this game before. <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone thinks it. So it's weird that, I mean, to be fair, again, written by people who aren't actually Gen yeah. Z, so they might not know everything. I feel like that does really explain a lot of the humor, going back to that first point. But Well, I think the characters also, I mean, themselves, like, they're also older, so sure they're Gen yeah. Z, but I feel like they're not the kind of people to play Among Us, even despite it existing in their world, presumably. Um, per- perhaps. I feel like they're about our age. I think, were they, they're graduated, though? They've got to be. I mean... It sounded like it. Yeah, I think so. They're only like a year or two, maybe three max yeah. older than Yeah, this, I guess so. so. I also think what's weird about this game is that Marie, uh, sorry, B has her flashlight on and Alice oh, yeah, is wearing phone. like the glow sticks around her neck. Oh, yeah. Like, we can see you? <laughs> Wouldn't the point of the game be hide yeah. and hide well enough that, you know, they don't see you? It doesn't make any sense. Well, the other funny thing is her flashlight lasted through the entire night. Her yeah, yeah, that's also true. Massive. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is true. That's inaccurate. That's a. I mean, a, there there were like bunch yeah. of a uh, bunch of like weird movie logic things, like the gun in towards the end of the movie. Well, we'll, we'll okay, we'll get to the greater. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a talking point for that, but. Um, just for like the game itself yeah i feel like and then also okay one more thing about this the game specifically the first person who gets the first and only person who dies in the in the game is greg didn't greg say he was gonna go to bed yeah did he he, afterwards no was it after yeah it was afterwards it was he got out he definitely storms he storms out two times during the movie and like within 10 minutes of each other and i was like wait didn't he storm off already why is he playing and then he storms off again because he gets mad again because of pete again and it's like we already did this beat so i don't understand why we're doing it again it, it was just that was that was another weird thing um yeah um do you want to get into the the inconsistencies and like plot holes now well we're on uh... I thought I thought we we're just gonna do that when uh, when we actually get to that plot point because okay, I, yeah, I think sure, that's sure. it, we'll right? I don't that's think it for are... like the game. Um, no, 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 I'm talking about like the gun thing. Like, I think gun is like the uh, only other inconsistency I really noticed. I've got some other smaller things that just like don't make sense. Anyways, um, let's talk about um, this this next talking point I call DOP. Um, does anyone get the naming what I'm doing yet? How I'm naming the points. Oh, they're all acronyms. Yeah, they're like texting slang. Uh, thought I was being clever. Anyway, so DOP, uh, director of photography, cinematographer. Um, let's talk about how it was shot. I think for like, like a, I mean, it is A24, so, you know, it's going to look good. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was filmed pretty pretty well. Um, I, I did notice there's two kind of like unique things. Um, one, they use a lot of practical lighting. So we kind of talked about this in the last segment, but um, like the the glow sticks and the iPhone flashlights, they light up a lot of the scenes 
um, and with no like studio lights or like film lights. So that's interesting. And I really did like that. I like how that looks. I, I really liked it when like all the lights turn off and then you just see Alice's glow rings. Yeah, as that, the glow, yeah that was a nice, that was look very, um, that was very well done. Yeah. And I also like, um, I find it interesting that the camera is almost always really close to people. Like it's tight close-ups to make you feel almost like claustrophobic. And it's that kind of like um, idea in horror that you need to, um, you need to kind of align with the POV of the main character so that you're, you feel scared. Whereas like comedy, you want to like distance yourself. So it's interesting, actually, that's interesting because this movie needs to do both, right? It needs the comedy and the um, kind of horror aspects. Again, I don't, I don't know if it's horror, but like, like you know, feeling tense and whatever. Um, so for tense, you need to feel close. And I, I do feel like so much of the movie is in tight close-up shots. Um, and yeah, so I think I think that was done pretty well. And it looked it looked pretty, pretty nice altogether. Yeah. Okay, personally, I, yeah, like in terms of the, the way it's shot, not a lot of comment on that regard, but I do have something to say about how like they set up each of the character to make the horror work that way. So I'll comment on that when we get to that. Okay, sure. Sasha, do you have anything else? Yeah, or... I was just going to say similar to like what yeah, Alex, what you said. I think with the lighting in terms of just giving it a feel of, um, of how dark it is but also like things like the glow sticks for example i feel like kind of also give a contrast at the same time of like how playful it seems but then that kind of goes away right because the glow sticks is only kind of at the beginning and it just all changes to like you know dim lights in the house and flashlights and then it becomes more of a like scary survival type um of scenario uh which is and then it's kind of like i guess sandwiched where you've got the daytime shots at the beginning to show like, yeah, everything's okay at the beginning. And then, you know, catastrophe strikes at night. And then in the morning it's okay again. Um, So I don't know if that was, I mean, that just is probably a natural occurrence, but I think there was definitely a lot that contributed to visually making it feel like to make you the right amount of tense, but also like there was, it made you laugh at times too. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next segment. I call this one Sussy Baka. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's bad. Um, literally, I think almost every character in this movie is acting like pretty suspicious um, at different times um, in like a weird amount. So that, and I, I'm sure that they do it kind of on purpose so that you really don't know who did it or like who might be uh, involved. But sometimes I feel like they cross a line and it's like, okay, people are acting weird and for no good reason. Um, so like, especially at the beginning, I found, um, um, what's her name? Sophie. I found Sophie to just be like weird and like off. Um, just the way she talks about the group chat. She's like, oh, you guys know I'm useless with, with text. And I just feel like she's leaving all this information out and, just kind of acting suspicious. Um, also, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I never really believed the romance between um, uh, Sophie and B. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but, like, I just felt... It felt kind of, like, 
forced or like not um, authentic, um, which on it, which might be what the movie was going for. But like, for example, um, B is sent out in the rain and Sophie just kind of lets it happen. And I feel like Sophie doesn't defend B enough, whereas B is like clearly defending her to like certain extreme extents. I, I think really the beginning, like that take, actually. Because um, I remember distinctly at the very beginning of the movie, I think it was Sophie to be, say, uh, Sophie was like, I love you. And, yeah. and, then, and then she realized that B is not saying it back to her. And she said, like, you know, you don't have to say it back or something like that. So I think if you interpret it that way, it will actually make it quite interesting to like that sort of showcases how superficial love is like in, for gen z i get as a, as a whole i guess you know yeah um, you don't necessarily have to project it but yeah you could also say that yeah i think yeah similar to what peter said like at the beginning it was i feel like it was actually like less superficial because i think it's it showed that there was something there maybe and then as the movie went on it was like it sort of faded out just because of the circumstances but also because because of those circumstances, they were also learning more things about each other and truths were coming out. And then, so that kind of put a strain in their relationship, but none of these relationships seemed to be like, I mean, there weren't, none of them were like really long lasting, right? Like, um, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Like with Greg and, and Alice, like what did they, she knew her for like a few weeks or something. If that two weeks, yeah, two weeks. I mean, with B and Sophie was six, maybe. So, I mean, it's like, it's still, these still relationships are very young. So I feel like, you know, there, some of the things are, you'd expect of a relationship aren't going to be there necessarily just by virtue of them being new. Um, And I, but I think that does add something to it though, because that kind of it, um, by being so new, it's, it's something that's, you know, it's not, it, it brings into questions like, well, how worth fighting for is this? knowing all this new information, particularly in the case of, of Sophie and B. Yeah, no, I think those are great points. And I also feel like there's two, at least two um, kind of moments where we're thrust into like makeout scenes between them. So the, right at the beginning and after the pool bit, like the ca- like we like immediately cut to and they're in the middle of making out. And I feel like the way that they film it makes it, not um what's the word like it's i'm i don't feel with the characters like i'm kind of like you know like i don't it's not okay i hate to say this but this is the only word i can use it's not sexy okay that's that's the best way i could describe it right now it's not romantic either like it's none of those things the way i see it is that like and I think it has to do with the fact that there's no lead up, you know, like just seeing the act of kissing is not attractive in my, like the way I was watching the movie. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like just, yeah, just watching them make out, I, w- I felt more uncomfortable than, um, than like, you know. I don't know. I'm not homophobic, I swear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> like, um, no, but like, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, the fact that they, the way that they just cut into it, there's no like prelude to it, you know, where yeah. they're, they're 
like flirting or anything. I, you know, sorry, I've just outed myself as a bigot. I'm going <laughs> to log off before I, I keep going. Um, maybe that was just me. Is there anything um, else about like people acting sus that you guys want to talk about? Yeah, the weird thing I found was the meeting between Sophie and David. Okay, I yeah. Just, I just found that it. strange because it was like, it, it kind of, their relationship before the, well, not relationship, I guess their their friendship before the, um, before the game and during that meeting, it was, a lot of things just weren't clear with the history of these characters. Um, biggest case in point, who the hell is Max and where has he gone? I mean, they explained <laughs> it, but we don't really, it's, it's, you don't really figure out who he is. And sure, he shows up at the end for about eight seconds, but it, you're, you're kind of like, I think Alex, you brought this up at some point, either during the movie or after, but it's like, who is this guy? Why did they keep alluding Oh, no. Him? Um, I think I knew, like, it's one of those, I'm, I'm blanking on the actual name. The only name I can think of is Waiting for Guffman, which I think is the movie that is mocking the idea, but it's one of those old um, writing things that I don't know who did it first, but like where they mention a character yeah. who you don't see in, until yeah. the end, like that's like an older yeah. thing. Um, I never, he's, he's one of those red herrings, like yeah. where's Max? I bet it's Max who's doing this. I never once believed that it was him, but I yeah. think it was when it was happening. I was definitely like, who is this actor? Who's this character? Cause that person was so much older than them. And I was like, I was confused um as to who that was yeah and then eventually i was like oh it must be max yeah. no one says oh hey max so you have to figure it out yeah and then like the the other thing with that meeting is like no okay correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't um didn't that meeting like david walked in on b and sophie like making out and then he yes yeah okay so that was just weird in terms of like the timing because it's just like instead of sophie like like no just give us a few minutes so they just got there like let's you know relax and unpack or whatever he's just like okay no let's go into this meeting it just leaves b there by herself with you know and all these people are around this house they're like who is she and so it's like kind of just left her there which was weird and then the meeting itself was also strange because then he's like they're talking and then pete all of a sudden is just like fixating over his black eye um that was great actually though. it just it took a weird turn kind of there which which just seems strange I, I think, think it definitely fit... worked, but it was just a strange progression. That's fair. I think I think that totally fits his character, and I I like I really do admire how that character was written. Just like his whole, you know, he's like, yeah, I got punched because he was being an asshole, but then he's also like, yo, I think this makes me look cool. Like, yeah. I feel like it it all works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was thinking more about what I was saying, and like, I think I I what I was trying to say about the kissing thing. I don't feel like it's genuine. Like that's my yeah. concern. I didn't feel like it was authentic. I didn't feel like they were in love. Like Sophie says she loves B, but I didn't believe it when I was watching the makeup scenes. That's what I meant. I'm gonna stop now. Yeah. <laughs> but... So I'm just gonna bring up how I think the uh, the relationship between characters I think is quite well written in that regard, like to reinforce the horror aspect, because. Um, they like before the first death they've successfully showcased that um everyone has sort of like a feud or like a, sort of an unhealthy relationship with each other so we can clearly see pete and lee pace just sort of like he's he's despite like pete wanting to be like the the alpha male in in the group 
but Lee Pace comes over, is a much older, much more well-built guy who's also more physically capable than him. So already he's like sort of intimidated in that way. But then also, um, I think like there's like part about like him flirting with like his girl or something. But like just Pete feels threatened. So that's great. So we already set up this rivalry between Pete and Lee Pace. And then we have bunch of rivalry between the girls as well because apparently Sophie used to date someone else and there's that and also uh, Pete not being approved of Alice's choice of a boyfriend etc and then like all these things have been set up before the first death occurs which helps the audience to immerse themselves into the movie and start questioning who's done it because everyone has a motive in this case so I think that that's really brilliant and uh, the fact that they've have <laughs> they managed to incorporate such rich history with uh, this small group of people is uh, pretty brilliant, in my opinion. Yeah, you're getting into, uh, that's another point I had, another discussion point, and that one I call FMK, uh, which of course stands for Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> um, and what I'm alluding to is this line that I, I wrote this down, I think, when I was watching it the second time. Everybody in this movie either wants to do, they want to do one of two things. They either want to fuck the other person or they want to uh fuck each other over like they there's there's no in between they either want to bone them or like kill them um and i just it's it sometimes is so weird and i'm like like i i I totally agree with what you mean peter in that it does um build suspense and give motive to every character which is important in a movie where um is it Clue? It's kind of like Clue, where you're like, it's yeah. one of the people in this room, right? Um, so I, I think it's important, but also I think it got to such an extreme where like half of the people wanted to sleep with each other, and I was like, okay, is this realistic? Um, the one that really got me was Emma. Yeah, that because was... It, at, because at this point, you're telling me... So first of all, Sophie <laughs> is dating a girl. She did date, or at least boned Jordan, and now she's also, um, Emma's interested in her. So, like, that's most of the women, except Alice. Like, Alice is the only one. I mean, and yeah, it did come out of left field. Like, there was no, I having seen it two times, there was no indication that Emma's interested in her. <laughs> you know, she's been with Pete this whole time. There's no lead up, no well, any hints about I, okay, Emma okay. liking Sophie. Objection, objection. There, she did say, though, um, I think someone commented that uh, she doesn't want to stay with Pete. Like, Pete's been a bad boyfriend. But I think, I think Sophie insecure. says it. Uh, yeah, maybe, like, I'm not sure for Sophie, but... insecure or something to say it to his face, to break up with him. Like, yeah, but it doesn't mean that she likes Sophie, though, right? I don't like, it wasn't there, like... Because I felt like the, the private conversation between Pete and uh, Sophie it sort of hinted towards like they had a past as well. She said know. that they were like elementary school dating before okay. that she found out that she was a massive dyke. I am, of course, <laughs> quoting the film. That's literally <laughs> yeah, what she so. says to this. It's a quote, I swear. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. She says it. She says it in the yeah, opening. No, I definitely remember um, And... Yeah, I don't think they dated because just the, that whole conversation, I feel like um, okay. 
that's the yeah, it feels very platonic. I didn't get any sense that almost in the same way that Sophie and B interact, <laughs> which is unfortunate, <laughs> but um, I feel like there was no sexual tension between her and um, David. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel for the Emma thing, I feel like Emma was just suddenly like, like she was so also she's distraught about David dying, you'd think. But nope, she's just going to try and kiss. I guess she was under the influence. She did take something, maybe. Was well, she... like, dude, like, she's scared, man. Like, uh, She's like scared, she, so she, she makes out with her friend? She that can give her a sense of comfort. And at that point, I guess... Sure, but I don't, know, I don't know about that. The one thing is she did take a Xanax after ha- drinking. Yeah. So, like, maybe... Well, okay, I don't know so... If she was... was she on Coke? I don't know, but... Um, yeah, no, Xanax and, and alcohol... Uh, they don't do it be, kids well they don't do it number one and number two they would not be nearly as coherent as they were like they were definitely <laughs> like they should be like in a Stubers. much worse state than uh than they were like that was kind of unrealistic but i mean that's just a minor nitpick i think on my part yeah. no i totally agree there's a lot of drug use and they're still forming coherent sentences yeah um, well, I'll get more on coherent sentences later, but, um, yeah, the whole Emma thing, I feel, I feel like she's just like, I love you. And Sophie's like, okay, no. And then she's like, guess I'll die. Yeah. Like, well, she, gave her those, yeah she gave her those pills and then it was like, okay. I'll yeah. Ask. Didn't she oh, offer them to talk about the plot a little bit more? Okay. Let me finish my point. But, um, I also don't hold on. Um, yeah, when did she give um when did she give Emma the pills? Was that she gave her the pills after after, after like at the end of that scene after she kissed her? I think. So she was <laughs> the fact that, that doesn't make any like, sense. <laughs> so she was like re- so she rejects yeah. her and then she's like okay, but do you want some drugs though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, doesn't make any sense. Okay, we have to talk about um who did you guys think was the killer like at different points in the movie like i i for a lo- for a long time i thought it was emma actually um i just found her death to be so like unconvincing and vague when like they're like oh she fell down the stairs and like how number one how does that kill people um i guess like elderly people fall down the stairs but not not like um how, how old are they 20 year olds yeah, and um, there, there shouldn't be that much blood from just falling down the stairs. No, it's so so stupid. And then and then when they find her, they're like, oh, don't, don't judge your body. It's evidence, right? So they don't check her pulse. Yeah. And I was like, she was acting real sus when she was talking to um, to Sophie and, like, tried to kiss her. She, like, after, after she gets rebuffed, her face changes and she goes, like, dark. She goes, like, oh... I see how it is. And I was like, whoa, dark side. And I was like, I was sure. I was certain it was Emma. And then she actually just had the most random death. Like, it wasn't that at all. I was like, oh, that's weird. What, do, what did you guys think? Who, who was the killer? Dude, I thought it was Max for the longest time, man. I kid you not. Mm. Like, uh, at first, I was like, because it's like the big knife thing, you know? Pete had like the bloody knife next to him. Like, I was like, surely... The only person who's toyed with a knife is Lee Pace's character. Oh, do you mean Greg? Huh? Do you mean Greg? Yeah, Greg. You called him Max. Max is the guy who's not there. No, 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 no. no. So, so like, so it's two parts. 
from oh. one, like throughout, I saw Max. But then, like right after Pete's death, I thought it's Greg, because because okay. um, um, he's the only person who toyed with a knife, and we didn't find out till later. But at that point, we thought he's a vet, like a like you know someone who served in the military, mm-hmm. <laughs> which obviously was a funny misunderstanding. But that um, was really funny, yeah. Um, and like he, you know, he had feud with Pete, you know, so like. It's like the most logical choice will be him, but then obviously, like with these movies, the most logical choice oftentimes is not the killer. Um, exactly, exactly. That's what I was. I I knew Greg was being set up as the obvious choice. Like he right. was the the most um, the strange person, like the 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 stranger to everyone. Um, and he was like strong. He's older. Um, you know, he was kind of pissed off and. There's one scene where, like, they're explaining the rules to the game uh, of the bodies, bodies, bodies game to Greg, and they're talking about murder. And the shot, like, the camera just lingers on him as they're discussing it, just to show his reaction. And I was like, "What is like? Why are we lingering on him? Like, it it felt like this was like trying to set up him as the killer. So like, I, I get how like you might feel like he. I feel like they were setting it up." in order to set up a red herring so i i knew that it wasn't going to be him but um there were there was definitely a lot of signs for it being him what about you sasha Dude, that's oh. the thing though remember knives oh, out okay, never like, mind. at first when we saw the trailer we were like mm-hmm. surely it's not chris evans's character because i didn't he's, you, you said know, that he's the most sus one out of them all so surely it can't be him but then Turns out in the end he is involved in some degree, you know. So, I don't what, know. why did you discount him? What was the reason for discounting Chris Evans? No, remember guy? we discussed right after we saw the trailer. Chris Evans's character has the most motive, you know. He seemed like the perfect oh. candidate for the murder, but in the end, he's not related to the murder per se. But he is not innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember that at all. Actually, that was three years ago, so I don't remember watching the trailer. But um, I thought you said that he was the classiest guy, so it couldn't be him. And I was like, "What? What are you talking about? He's got the most swag. Couldn't be him." Um, Sasha, the actual Sasha this time. What did you think? Who did okay. you think did it? So here's here's the thing with me and all the every single murder mystery movie ever that, that I watch. I can never tell you who it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I just I I can never tell, so I never really try to speculate. And I, if I do, I always just default to what the characters' opinions are. So basically, like the honest answer is whatever the characters were thinking at the time, that is who I thought it was because I'm just not sleuthy enough to figure it out on my own. Uh, case in point, yeah, Knives Out, I had no idea. Murder on the Orient Express, I had no idea. This one, I couldn't tell you. Um, and especially with this one, because everything, like you know. When you just when you begin to suspect somebody, they're dead. Um, yeah. So it's like it's it's very difficult to tell. So honestly, like I, there was no one person that I thought that it was because it just kept changing based on what was going on. Yeah, I actually have uh, Sleuthy in my bio, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, sorry, that was a joke. <laughs> Don't know if that registered with you guys. Um, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, speaking of bad lines uh let's talk about uh some clunky dialogue in a segment i called 
STFU, which means shut the fuck up. Um, there's some <laughs> lines that feel like, like I was saying, I feel like they're overwritten. Like someone was like, oh yeah, this is a really good piece of dialogue. That'll show the other character when really it's like, that does not sound like it comes out of the mouth of a 20 year old who is on cocaine, Xanax, alcohol, right? Like these people should be like blubbering and they don't, they don't talk like regular humans. They talk like screenwriters. Uh, case in point, uh, one of my favorite lines uh, that are terrible is uh, Sophie says, and I think it might've been to Emma in a scene that makes no sense again. She says to Emma, I wish they had chopped your head off you spineless piece of shit. And I was like, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? What's all the animosity about? And also, that that's just like a mouthful. I wish they'd chop your head off, you spineless piece of shit. And like, like she used to like really cram it in really quickly. So there's just some lines that I think were so weird. And uh, not, not so much clunky, but um, the way that Jordan says the F word it's it's really the scene where she has the gun where she talks Dude, you're a lot judging how people say the f word now no it's so <laughs> annoying she goes oh you're 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 fucking parents and she goes you're fucking and like like with that sing-songy and it's like the two two part <laughs> i i don't know what she says but like your fucking podcast and she emphasizes the first the the fuck part of it and she's like pointing with the gun when she does it she talks like this uh i hated it did you guys find maybe it's the cocaine maybe that's what being on cocaine is like someone can tell me um no no peter peter i'm sure peter could tell me um did you guys have any lines that you found were kind of like off like yeah there's there's one okay so i don't know i can't like thing with me is i don't remember like individual lines all that well unless except for the is one there? except for the one i'm going to bring up later um mm-hmm. i think you know which one i'm talking about but i certainly um, do yeah so uh the one that was weird to me was when jordan is has just been pushed off the stairs or like onto the floor over the the yeah banister. the banister yeah. um right before shooting at b and sophie she says check her texts and then starts shooting at her so it's like what do you want to do kill her or implicate sophie in this affair like pick one don't kill her expecting her to then resurrect and then go look at the text like give her a chance first then you can kill her but make your point that's that's a really good plot hole that's true um i did like the line though i think that's such a great i think i laughed both times when she says check your text and that's like her final words like, here lies Jordan. Check your text. <laughs> it's so funny. Peter, did you have any uh, lines that you thought were weird? Yeah, sorry. I think my my Wi-Fi disconnected for a sec. So, yeah, it seems to be happening a lot. But um, That's just how it goes. So Any lines, on- though? Honestly, though, <laughs> I have no idea how... Um, how they got the vet mixed up. If, if you guys know what I mean. Like That's the, pretty easy. You just say that he's a vet and then someone makes the leap yeah. that that means a veteran. And then they started, you know, coming up with this story where they're like, oh, was it okay, so they made Afghanistan up the or was it Iraq? Yeah. Right. Okay. So 
but like that's that's a human thing like, but but at the same time but, also and it, to the same point there was another line actually i remember now they say he's a vet he's a vet's assistant <laughs> i think right I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm, do. I, I don't think she I does say that. that i think she does she say does that say like that. in the same breath so like why not just say he's a vet's assistant like that would have cleared the entire thing like I guess oh, when they introduced like originally, well, yeah, originally, because he's not if he's a, a vet's assistant, then is he actually a vet? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I but. think if you find someone on Tinder, you're not going to differentiate between vet and vet's assistant. One's a mouth though. Maybe, right? yeah. I don't know, but oh, I was just thinking. Oh, I was thinking of another line. I feel like all the clunky lines happen when people get angry, and so you what you would expect is people to be less coherent when their emotions spike. But what actually happens in the movie is they have crafty dialogue where they're saying funny things. So there's another one where the, I think I think this is a Sophie line where she calls um, Jordan a, a spreadsheet or something. She's like, oh, you're a spreadsheet or, you know, I, how could I have sex with a spreadsheet? I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah, the Google yeah. Calendar thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah. Um, all the characters are overwritten and this this sometimes just happens in comedy where everyone's trying the writers like write everyone as being funny and having these clever but you need some people to just be dummies you know who don't say funny things in the same way i don't know um but let's move on sasha you kind of talked about this with the bullets thing but let's talk about some uh inconsistencies plot holes and weird deaths in the next segment wtf and I think Why everyone not? knows what that means. A so, blood, Peter, Peter, I know you've got a hot one. Go for it. Okay. So, can we all agree that Alice's death was so fucking strange? I did not think that's what you were going to start with. but <laughs> Okay. I, and I also, I disagree, but continue. Okay, so, makes sense. They were angry. She got shot in the leg, which... Uh, which, which I think hilarious. That was funny. You know, like I thought that's it. That's how they're gonna end it. But somehow they were struggling on the ground, and the gun misfired, and she died. No, Peter, we've discussed this. That's not what happened, dude. I don't the, buy it. I don't think, the, dude. From what I saw in the movie theater, it does not look like at Jordan. Okay, reached out to the gun, pointed at. I don't know, Alice's womb, Alice's vital organs and pulled the trick. It does not look like it. It looks okay. like three girls Pe- on the ground fighting for the gun. Okay? P- Peter seems to think that the that no. what makes more sense is that the gun misfired killing Alice. Yeah, as that, opposed no, to No, that's sorry, Peter, that's really <laughs> No. That was bullshit. It misfired. Okay? No, Peter. They're struggling over the gun, and clearly what happens in the struggle is someone reaches for the gun, and I'm going to show it over video, which we're not posting. They reach for the gun, and they pull it towards their body, and then someone ends up on top of them, and they're struggling for the gun. Their hands are both grabbing at the gun, okay? And it's wedged between them. They're, they're on top of each other, wrestling for the gun, and someone as they're grabbing for it, accidentally pulls the trigger. It's not a misfire. Mm-hmm. It's not the gun going off randomly. It's yeah, because they're pulls fighting the vigorously. They definitely, somebody yeah. had to, like, it's, it's, it's highly probable somebody's finger got on that trigger and pushed, uh, pulled it, so. Because they're grabbing for it with their fingers. Yeah, because they're all trying to get, uh, get a hold of it. it. 
Okay, well, whatever. But I thought you were going to talk about the other bullet one. Which one? Because you're also really heated about that. Ugh, fine, I'll do it. Okay. Oh, right. The, oh, now okay. you're going to... Okay, take it. Now that you know it, take it. So, this, a standard American pistol, a, a standard pistol, okay, usually does not hold over 20 bullets. That 20? Requires... I thought you said it was 10. 20 is oh, a lot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Let me, it let could me have been that. 20. Usually, 20 was That closer. would require a drum magazine, you know, for a okay. pistol to hold that much. Now, I'm, I'm just going to Google that right now, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll just Google standard American pistol. Because, uh, yeah, no, what Peter's getting at is that gun fires mm-hmm. over 10 times. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. That it, was it's, about, it's about, like, it's, 10 shots. It's, it's about, like, the standard magazine. The, the, I don't the know. number of bullets the standard magazine can hold. But that gun went off so many fucking times. Someone has to go back and count mm-hmm. because yeah. it does. Someone could tell me that it was ten, and I I could possibly believe that. Like, it is not. It 10. does. <laughs> it is not ten. It does feel like it goes off a lot. Yeah, and there's no regard to reloading or anything. Um, what was it? Movie logic, you know. There's something Maybe. else that was weird that I'm trying to remember. Oh, Why did they? Oh yeah, go ahead. This, okay, I don't know if this is much of an inconsistency, but just another weird thing that happened. Like, so after um, after B kills Greg, and then they're talking mm-hmm. about it, and then she goes up to change her shirt. She like grabs that red sweater, and then <laughs> yeah. like, what was that all about? I had no idea what was going on there. She like, goes to the parents. It's the parents. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. It's he. She goes into the parents the master bedroom okay um but actually speaking of why does this be kill greg like i know she's quote-unquote protecting sophie but he if i recall correctly at that time he did not have a weapon like the knife was gone was not in his or maybe he was holding it if that's the case he yeah. was not like i don't remember lunging at sophie or anything so i just feel like a kettle a kettlebell <laughs> is, is a bit of an over like you know Oh, and like to the head, like yeah. I just, I feel like that was an overreaction on B's part. Um, and then she hits him again. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like that's, I don't know if you can call that manslaughter. That's, it's, it might be dude, second dude, degree. Dude, it is murder. Too. Oh, definitely murder too, for sure. And, and dude, just think about it. They're high. Dude, sorry, did you call it murder too? Like murder the sequel? No, like murder <laughs> one, like as in second degree murder. But I like that instead of calling it second degree, you called it murder too. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's just what my prophet of criminal justice called it once. It's a great name. Yeah. Shorthand. Um, but yeah, I didn't like that death. I didn't like Emma falling down the stairs and how we never see it. And it's, yeah. it looks, it seems so fake and so rushed that like it leads one to believe, or maybe just me, yeah, that she and, could be the killer. But and we don't know what the time gap is and we don't know what the pill is, but I doubt that it would have had an effect that quickly because it didn't seem like it was that long. It would take at least, you know, a few minutes longer to kick in. But again, the scale of time is, is not, you know, rigid in the movie. So we don't know. We don't know what yeah. it is. So it's hard to say. But that was Sophie, weird too, Sophie also admits later that after, it's so Wikipedia has one idea of what happens and I don't recall it happening. But Sophie says something like she says that she saw her fall. And it's so weird that we don't know that as the audience. Like you'd think that would be like a compelling, I guess to make it um, 
if the if they're going like like B is the only main character, then I guess any scene that B isn't a part of, we shouldn't know. But then, if that's the case, why do we see the conversation between Sophie and David for one? Anyways, um, yeah, I just think that whole death is weird, and yeah, I didn't like it. Um, people don't transfer the Wi-Fi password via email. Yeah. What? What? Email? <laughs> email? And, and she wouldn't even she wouldn't be able to get that email without Wi-Fi. So. Also- <laughs> also true yeah but wait wait, i guess she would have did she have reception then i don't know you have to you have to add someone in your contacts yeah like maybe email would work but i thought it had to be your phone number i don't don't know know, actually that's interesting maybe maybe the phone maybe email would work but yeah how do you get it without wi-fi i don't know um if you're if you are ceciliac or if you can't eat wheat or gluten wouldn't you ask if there was wheat in a cake before like diving into the cake like okay remember b is like like oh, i can't think of the cake. right word but like eating the cake yeah. and like scarfing it down <laughs> devouring then, it yeah yeah and then at one point the character's like oh by the way there's wheat in there I'm like what you didn't think to ask if wait, that's did you gonna say, be a problem wait, did she say wheat or weed weed like the drug <gasps> Oh, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, because I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I thought I thought it was. <laughs> oh <cool."> my god! <laughs> I've seen it twice, yeah, and I did not man. hear weed either time. Hold but on, let me pull makes, up the script. That makes more sense. Here's me thinking that she's eating a wheat, like cake with wheat in it, and she's a Ceciliac, which is a different thing. No. It's a whole other thing. That I think both could make sense, but. I think the weed thing makes makes more sense. Like you wouldn't ask if there was weed in something, but you would if there was wheat. That's hilarious. That's hilarious on my part. Yeah, no, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was weed, but I yeah. doubt you'll find that on the internet. But yeah. uh, we'll keep going. When they're like looking around in people's rooms before they kill Greg, um, they find Emma in somebody's room. I don't even know if it's. I don't think it's even Emma's room. I don't know whose room she's in but she's under the covers and they're like talking they're they're like whispering and they've opened the door which probably made a sound and they're whispering they're like and like you know like um bickering and stuff and then they they're like oh my god there's something under the covers and they pull it back and they pull it back and emma's like what the heck is going on and i'm like you didn't hear them well like, she might she's have drugged out on something maybe but she's clearly awake when they find her, I just feel like she would have reacted to them being in the yeah, room. That makes sense, though. I thought that was weird. Like, the, I think the perfect explanation is she has AirPods in, but she doesn't. <laughs> I guess they do that with Greg, so they didn't want to double dip on it. But um, also, why is B picking up people's underwear? She sees a bra and she can't help herself, and she's like, "I'm gonna pick it up and investigate." And yeah. even even Jordan's like, okay, she's not hiding in my bra. Thanks. No, I think uh, it sort of adds to a point. I think this is a deep cut because later on they said uh, Jordan Jordan said they fucked in the car or something, and the, her underwear is in the oh. car. I know, yeah, yeah. Like that. but that doesn't excuse the character's actions. She could just be looking at the bra. I don't understand why she picks it up, and that's, she definitely smells the panties. I don't yeah. know why. But I don't think she smells the bra, but 
man, B's weird. She does some weird things. <laughs> um, also, it's randomly daytime when, like, the end of the movie. Like, they're like... Uh, I think it's just the storm B, is over. B, come back, come back, baby. And then she, like, goes upstairs and it's daytime. And I was like, what? It was nighttime two seconds ago. Fail. Um, that's that's all the inconsistencies I have, except for the very ending. But we won't get into that just yet. You guys have any, any other ones? I think I'm all out. You're all out. Your mag yeah. is empty. Unlike that. Oh magic, wait, hold on, hold on. How did? Pistol. Oh, there's more. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I just wonder how David's phone got to the pool when. Okay, so it was like he was standing like okay. So the window. Let's say okay. So you guys. Okay, this oh, is. Going. I'm showing this here, so you can, like, this won't be posted. But okay, so the like B sees him die out this window, right? Which is Correct. against the house, and then there's the other wall here. His phone is presumably on the windowsill or right in front of it. Oh, definitely. I doubt Absolutely. that it's going to get all the way to the pool. Even if even if the characters were like, you know, walking around there to like, when, when they discover no, Pete. Yeah. Like, well, how is the phone going to get all the way there? No, no, Sasha, there, there, there is a, a hurricane. Yeah, yeah exactly. fair. Um, so perhaps the wind picked up the phone and carried it to the pool. Maybe, but if it's buried in know. mud, number one, and number two, it's heavy. So it's possible, but highly implausible i i totally agree i feel like it would just have ended up on the ground right in front of the window um yeah i just yeah let's let's actually let's get to the ending let's talk about the ending so this segment i call oh god um this ending i called smh shaking my head um let's talk about the ending so does anyone want to do the honors of describing the ending starting around when b walks outside yeah Okay, Sasha's so gonna do it. All right, so how far do you want me to go? This is before Sophie comes so, out. Uh, yeah, to start with like Sophie coming out. Sure. Okay, so Sophie comes out and like, does she like? Wait, she's gay. Does she? Oh yeah, well that that, <laughs> that we knew already. Sorry, but... sorry, low hanging fruit. She, so so Sophie emerges. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> did you just call me a fruit? Cancel. No, I okay. did not. That is not what happened. <laughs> okay, so for me. So um so Sophie emerges from the house and does she like grab B or does she go up to her gently? I think she kind of grabs her almost. Oh, she grabs her. And doesn't she have a gun? Uh, yeah, I think so. I feel yeah. sorry, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you here, but yeah. I feel like around the time where it's just them left, Sophie becomes like like it seems that she could be the killer like yeah. right like she she turns into the joker like i feel like every time i saw her she's got like a creepy smile and i was like Ugh, yeah i don't know who this person is anymore anyways continue so so then they uh so that yeah so sophie uh, b goes to look through sophie's text and then sophie throws her phone into the mud well well so uh b takes the gun and she Decides that she's gonna listen to Jordan's last. Oh right, words, okay, yeah, yeah. Her final, her will and testament. Yeah. Her final request to check the texts. Yeah. Because I mean, I kind of get it. Like we're trying to figure out if Sophie is a liar yeah. or like a serial liar. So might as well check something that we can actually. Yeah. Have information on. Right. So and then so Sophie throws her phone into the mud, 
and then they <laughs> they fight for it. And, and then wait, wait, wait. And so she throws it in the mud, and then B turns around and takes the gun off of Sophie instead of backing up, holding the gun on Sophie. So then Sophie naturally attacks her. You know, gun goes flying, and they they say forget about the gun, yeah. and they go for the phone instead. Yeah. So so they go so after struggling to find this phone. And then one of them or both end up in the pool. They end and, up in the yeah. pool. And then and they come. There's this kind of, yeah, there's this like angelic moment where like the music goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, who, yeah. why? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. And then the, uh, um, and then so they come out of the pool and then they grab a phone. Not the phone. A phone. A phone. A phone. Because yeah. they look at it. Not an iPhone. See... A phone. Yeah. But it is an Sorry. iPhone. They look at it and they see, they see the, the lock screen and they're like, and Sophie's like, that's not my phone. And then they put two and two together, walk over to David's dead body lying there. B opens her, his eyes and then holds the phone to him for the face ID. It opens and then they find that was, that was hilarious. That was insane. Yeah. When I realized they were doing that, I was like, okay, that's one of the best (laughs) jokes in the movie. Yeah, that was, that was good. Like, that's, like, a thing people joke about all the yeah. time, but not, like, dead people. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, I will say here, one, the last plot point, uh, plot hole I had, when they find David's phone, what compels them to find out what's on it? Yeah, exactly. Why are they suddenly, like, wait a minute. Yeah. What's on this phone? Like, who cares? Yeah. It could be nothing. You don't know that, like, that's the thing, right? Yeah. I just thought that was weird. There's yeah, no that's reason true. for them to yeah, open exactly. his phone. Why would they you just go to, back and look for it? And, and, it's and not even like open. They have yeah. to go touch yeah. his corpse. Open his dead to, eyes. To, to find out what's on the phone. So there's got to be a good reason for that. And there yeah. isn't. Dude, yeah. also, why were they fighting over Jordan's phone if Jordan knows that? Uh, sorry, not It's Jordan, not Jordan's if phone. Sophie, Sophie knows she's innocent. No, B doesn't know if Sophie's innocent. Yeah, but then why is Sophie protecting her phone like that? What? I thought they they were meant to be dating, right? Yes, but over the course of the movie, there's distrust, right? So they do, so by the end of the then, movie, then why suppo- hide your phone? Like I, I had no because, idea why. Because Sophie's not innocent. Yeah. She did bang. We know for a fact that there was underwear in the car. So unless it was planted, Jordan and and um and sophie did did the nasty in her car and so she has something to hide oh okay okay. that makes sense yeah um but sasha what do they find so they they finally open pete davidson's phone and lo and behold in his drafts they find a video of him attempting the champagne trick that greg does the beginning with the sword where he uh basically flicks the sword and pops the bottle open now we see pete davidson struggle with this he changes his position starts swiping the sword towards his head and slashes his neck open, <laughs> bleeding out and falls to the ground yeah so I mean, if you're gonna make a movie yeah. and like you know like that's this like everything is set up for this punchline perfect yeah. write it film it you're, you've got it that's yeah. it that was great. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. So that was funny. But then, as they so, realized, okay, so, yeah. So, so that means that means no one was the killer. Yeah. There was no murderer. It was just these stupid Gen Z kids 
speculating, you know, and speculating and hating each other and killing each other and fucking each other because they they all hate each other. Yeah. Um, and just acting insane without the internet, like that's all it is. Yeah. And internet goes out and Gen Z go crazy. And in the in the end, the proof was in the TikTok. Um, and mm-hmm. then at the end, we finally see after ninety two minutes of comes. wondering. Our Lord and Savior Max, Who's Max? enters. Mystery guy, and he's old. And he has, he's like he's old. old, yeah. And he has a How single line: it? "What happened to you?" What happened? <laughs> or something like that. Okay, at wait, which point? At which point? <laughs> B utters the final line of the film as no, she looks no. at her phone, pinging no, with no. messages. Yeah. <laughs> she looks up. I have reception. <laughs> and oh my god, when that line came, I was howling for good so like good. for at least like when i got back into my car when we were driving i was still laughing at, at that it was so fu- i don't know what what about it was so funny to me but it was just hilarious it's a fantastic it was so line. good okay i just sorry i just checked max the actor who plays max is 35 years old okay which so few years exa- old which old looks exactly right yeah and is far too old to be part of that friend group yeah Assuming that they are recent university grads. Yeah. Because it sounds like, because you talk about, you know, you didn't graduate from Utah. Yeah. Right? So it sounds like they have graduated. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're 24, 25. I guess that's so. Like, that sounds about right. And is that still Gen Z, by the way? I think so. Do we know so. if that's the case? Uh, oh, actually, I don't know if it is. I think it's like late millennial. Mmm, millennial. So maybe it's not. Maybe people are overreacting. It's not even yeah. a Gen Z parody because these aren't Gen Zs. Yeah. Um, it is weird that they're, you know, toting this as the Gen Z parody when the people are much older than most Gen Zs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have reception, <laughs> and I love how we have to wait. We have to hold on the bing bing mm-hmm. whoop whoop bing bing bing, and like all the different notifications yeah. possible, and then she goes. I have reception in her accent. Oh, it's, it's, it's like, didn't even, great. didn't even answer the question. It's like, what happened nope. here? Just, I have reception. Like, okay. It, it's so out of character too. Like, I mean, she was concerned about having no yeah. Wi-Fi, but you know, a lot of people died. It doesn't make any sense, but it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic. Oh, it was play. awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the movie. Um, let's just talk about some like final summary things. So like, I actually don't know if this movie was about like Gen Z's in particular. Um, in this segment, I call, I don't know if this is the best name, but I did come up with these names like five minutes before we started. Um, I call this segment TLDR, Too Long Didn't Read. Okay. Um, just kind of like, what is this all about? I kind of think this was actually a, like about uh, classism and, um, and Im- uh, immigrants to the U.S., um, so like, you know, you've got your lead character is an immigrant from Eastern Europe, and it's pretty obvious if you know that the, if you know who the director is, the director is, oh shoot, let me, I don't know, um, I don't know where specifically they're from, but they're from Europe, and this is their first English language uh, debut, I'm just figuring out where they're from, oh they're Dutch. So the director is Dutch. So it's clear that this is like the insert character, right? How she felt coming to the US. I imagine, I actually don't know anything about this director, but so it's, it's, 
And the way they, you know, they are suspicious of B and they throw her out in the hurricane when uh, they're suspicious of her and even Sophie doesn't come to her aid. It does feel like that's like actually what this movie is about and less so about uh, Gen Z. The Gen Z stuff is just kind of like window dressing. Um, and then there's a lot of talk about, you know, rich parents and, um, oh, your your parents are like r- super rich versus modestly rich yeah. apparently um and there's a great line when alice is like your parents are upper middle yeah. class <laughs> and she goes no no they're not they work at a public university i don't know whatever um yeah so so some people are like like i could see how you might think that the movie's saying like oh gen z are these vain stupid um unempathetic people but i almost i feel like actually what it's saying is that that's true of rich children children from affluent uh backgrounds um i noticed you guys got a little quiet there um i'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um what what am i talking about um but yeah um i think i think it was an interesting story uh in that sense do you guys have any comments on that um like at first glance i didn't i mean hearing you say that it makes sense i just i didn't pick up on that in the movie itself but it definitely makes sense well i think isn't that also part of gen z though because like comparing yourself to other people trying to you know feel better or like do better than other people is also a staple of gen z culture i feel like Mm, maybe I don't know whether it's through like material stuff or just you know but i don't know the thing is like i I don't think you can say this is a gen z like they're not attacking gen z specifically it's 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 rich people who happen to be gen z as opposed to you know like like i feel like the rich people is like that's what we're mocking because um it, it just comes up too much and the movie is set in a mansion for it to be about anything else. That's true. That's true. I feel like that's like just like the underlying thing. Because, I mean, B is also Gen Z, or supposedly, but there's no indication. She doesn't act like the other people, right? And so the thing that actually separates them is the fact that she's an immigrant and that she presumably comes from lower class. Um, it's also interesting that like B is ashamed of like her her whole like like who she is essentially like some of her more personal details so like she doesn't want to talk about her mom who's struggling and um she didn't want to reveal that she lost her job right because she was worried that um sophie who comes from this rich background might be embarrassed or like she like or no uh, b was embarrassed whatever yeah um okay seems like we got crickets so we'll move on um let's talk about uh a24 this year um sasha i know i don't think peter's seen this movie but sasha what did you think about um this as opposed to uh the other horror slasher film that came out this year x just the letter x no other words okay so i think i think this one was I mean, it was definitely more relatable than X, obviously, because, well... Sasha, you're not... You don't do porn? No. No, I'm not sure oh, if that was weird. news, but no, alas. Um, well, I'm, also, I'm, I'm actually a cowboy from the 1970s. Oh, okay. I um, also don't do porn, but... Okay. 
I also don't frequent ranches. So, I mean, Mm. yeah. Um, I think each one is kind of has its own unique elements. This one was definitely less, well, was it less gory? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe Mm. insofar as like intentionally. X was more gore because there was like lots of blood splatters and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I didn't find either of them to be uncomfortably scary. X definitely had a more, like X made you feel more scared, but I think that was because there's less emphasis on the humor of it versus this one. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Um, a comedy on purpose. I think we were laughing sometimes, but yeah, I think so. That wasn't an intention. Yeah. No, I think X was, X is definitely a good film. It's, it it is, does have its similarities and uniqueness. Um, But which did you prefer? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say. I feel like probably bodies, 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 I think is better. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, I feel like it's more relatable. I think. Um, I mean, it's just like a better time. Yeah. It's just less weird too. Cause X is just like X is X is weird on a different level. (laughs) Just some weird stuff happens in that movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't even really say weird stuff happens in this movie. Yeah. It's all pretty like, I don't don't know if you could call it normal. No, it's not normal, but it's like plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Plausible. Um, Yeah. I think I have to agree. I think I liked bodies more. Um, X X was really weird. Yeah. But I I did, I do think I scored them the same, but I mean, you know, limited by five stars. Yeah. I I wonder, I do wonder what Pearl is going to be like though. God, I can't. The fact that they thought, like, you know what? This, like, indie horror film, you know what it needs? It needs a spinoff about the old lady. We need to... I I really feel the need to know more about this old lady who yeah. kills people. I mean, What's I'll, her deal? I'll go see it. Partly, one, because I'm kind of interested to see. And number two, because I want to get... I want to see every A24 movie that comes out this year. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched, like, half the trailer for Pearl, and I was like, okay, I guess... This is something it to just, see. I don't know. For me, it just looks strange. Yeah. And like, I think I think it's fun that they made a movie back. Like they filmed two movies back yeah. to back. Like that's just a fun thing. Yeah. But I like for that movie with that character, it was just it's a choice. And yeah, I, I don't think I'll see it. Yeah. Um, maybe for the podcast. Yeah. That's the thing. I'll see a bad movie for the podcast. Yeah. It'll could, be a good you decision. Could, you could do an X and Pearl double feature. No, I will not. <laughs> um, once was enough. Peter uh, is falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> yeah. I could um, see that. For our listeners who are not watching the video, because there is no video. Um, but yeah, you mentioned A24 this year, and they have had a pretty good year. Yeah, um, I mean... We, we alluded to one, yeah. but they also did um, After Yang, which uh, we'll get to later, but... Um, uh, yeah. is, There's two is from good. this year I haven't seen yet. The first After two. Yang, After Yang is one of them? Yeah, that's one. There's one more that... Basically everything before X this year I haven't yeah. seen. The two movies. Yeah. So, the yeah, the first one was The Sky is Everywhere. I don't... That's not even on my radar. I don't know what that is, but... Um, after yang was great that one was with colin farrell um and is like a futuristic um movie you know i'll just get into it now um it's like uh, this family adopts a child uh and this isn't the plot this is more like context um they adopt a child from china and in order to like make sure she's connected to her culture they buy like a replicant like um what do you call them? Like, like a, they call it like a bio 
uh, person or uh, I don't remember what they call it. It's like uh, it's like an android that looks like a person. It's played by an actor that looks normal, so it's like a person that's actually a robot, you know. Oh, okay. Um, and he is supposed to act as like this fake older brother that teaches her about like Chinese facts and kind of like eases the transition of adoption, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so he breaks down. Um, and th that's what the movie is about. It's like dealing with this loss of something that isn't fully a family member, but was functionally a family member. Um, and it's, it was really good. So check out after Yang, that was going to be one of my recommendations. Cause I did just, I just saw it last week. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating that movie, how much, um, they're, they ruminate about and like, they're talking about like the nature of memory of life and like a million different things. And yet the emotional core of the movie is still there about like losing this person. So it's really cool. Um, then there was X, which we've seen. Yeah. Then there was everything everywhere all at once was a 24 Sasha and I saw that yeah. one. Loved it. Which I need to watch um, again. We watched men. Oh God. Um, which <laughs> I think was terrible. Um, okay. Well, sure. Yeah. It was, no, strange but here's the thing i'll the credit i'll give to men though it's one of those movies that is the trailer was very captivating um like yes like, yes that's why we watched well, okay, it <laughs> i don't know if that's okay like for example okay there's two other movies that off the top of my head get out and uh murder on the orient express both of those movies mm -hmm. upon seeing the trailer once i was like okay i have to see this for men yeah. i think it's, it was a combination of a good trailer but also the mere exposure effect of us seeing the trailer at every movie that we saw i think this, it just became it's like okay we've seen the stuff we have to know what's going on why is she singing into a tunnel yeah and it then became a meme. yeah and then we're just like okay let's go see it for the joke because we need to know what it's about yeah it was the issue was the first time we watched the trailer in theaters yeah. i had already seen it yeah but sasha hadn't and so i knew when um, I don't know her real name, but the, the girl in that movie, the only girl in the men movie, yeah. um, she goes ah! into a tunnel and I, I said it before she did it <laughs> yeah. and it made, it made Sasha laugh. Cause I don't know. Cause I knew what was going to happen, but yeah, it's, it was a very silly movie that yeah. was trying to be super serious and <laughs> so smart about yeah. men. And, and I was like, dude, shut up. Like, it was just, it was pretentious in my yeah. mind. Um, uh, after men was Marcel the oh, shell yes. with shoes on. Marcel was nice. Fantastic. I, yeah. I love that one. So some of like two of the best movies this year were Marcel and yeah. Everything Everywhere. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree. A twenty four has had quite the year, um, but we are getting into um, what I would call prestige season. So some of the best movies of the year come out between October and December. Okay. Um, October is anything that's kind of like not family friendly or not family oriented because December is like your Christmas blockbusters, yeah. right? Um, whereas October, things like Dune, The Last Duel, Last Night in Soho came oh, out, all came duel. out last huh. last October. Um, and so some stuff that's coming out: Pearl in September, um, uh, The Whale with um, I think oh, who's the director of that? Um, but it stars Brendan Fraser. And I want to say the whale is Aronofsky. That is correct. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's uh, When You Finish the Saving the World, which I've heard mixed things about. Uh, um, he's directing, though. Um, Stars at Noon is a Claire Denis film. And apparently it won the Grand Prix at Cannes. So it's usually a good sign. 
um, the new Kelly, oh God, Kelly Reichardt film. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, people who are more into like uh, slow artsy films definitely know who that is. Uh, she did a movie called First Cow and Meek's Cutoff. I saw Meek's Cutoff. Um, so she's got a new film this year. And um, the person who directed The Souvenir, so this is another kind of like arty film. I mean, it's A24, what do you expect? But um, the person who did The Souvenir and The Souvenir Part 2 has a new movie called The Eternal Daughter. Those among um, several other A24 films are all coming up. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our discussion of the movie. Do you have any, uh, any other lingering thoughts about um, bodies, bodies, bodies? I'm going to go with no. Um, so, guys, it's time for our titular segment, the most important segment of the podcast. Trust, um, it's Predator versus Movies time. Would Predator have made this movie better? Thoughts? Okay, I don't know about better per se, but it would definitely have made it a lot shorter. <laughs> those kids wouldn't have stood a chance no. dead in seconds <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Predator is just playing or not if Predator is just playing <laughs> then you know, it would just be like healthy you know, it's like, yeah if Predator is, is playing bodies 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 with them and, and it's just poking in the back or whatever <laughs> different story Yeah, who knows Yeah, but, what, um, if Predator, if what if Predator what? Real, man? dude that, that house is going up in flames buddy what if Predator wasn't the killer, though? What if Predator was one of the teenage girls who was playing the game and was running from whoever was the murderer? And, and follow up, who's, who would Predator have beef with? Mm, who would, better yet, who would Predator want to sleep with? Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they must have had some serious beef with some of the characters, probably Sophie. I mean, everyone seems to hate Sophie and the walking spreadsheet. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe they'd want to fuck Greg, but maybe I'm just projecting. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Predator would have made this movie better, yeah. but I think Predator fighting a bunch of stupid Gen Z teenagers <laughs> is a great premise yeah. for a different movie. I think I don't think he would because then there would be... Okay, if Predator... Okay, I agree. If Predator was just playing the game, it would have been fine. But if Predator was the killer... No, because you just ruined the entire thing of Pete Davidson dying by TikTok. So, yeah, which is awesome. Exactly. So, no, I I don't think Predator as a killer would make this movie better. What if Predator was Pete Davidson? Would would oh. Predator have done a better job than Pete Davidson? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. It's hard to it's, say. There's a chance. Well, maybe, there's but a chance. well, Predator probably would have had a cooler trick to open the champagne bottle. <laughs> yeah with like a laser sword or something Probably. and then he still slices his head off so Predator is only in there for like 20 minutes <laughs> uh, okay well that's enough of that that's enough of that segment um, classic titular segment is over um, let's wrap this up do you guys have any recommendations uh, any media that you've uh, consumed this week Peter uh, oh, yeah, Peter. or Sasha go oh, okay. this isn't necessarily this week but this is like in the last two weeks um, fair enough for All Mankind Season 3 just ended, and Ooh, oh my I, god, what a fantastic season. Now, lots I of people need to... lots of people on the Reddit will say no, but... Uh, okay, so Alex, I'm going to tell you this. Don't say anything, I haven't even started. I need I, to watch I, it. I'm going to tell you this. You might want to brush up on your 
late 60s space history space race yeah and i can brief you on that because some of the things you'll have to know but what a fantastic show this must be like right up your alley oh yeah no and really it's only season one because that's where the history kicks in everything after that is just it's just fictional but because it diverges yeah exactly but yeah oh my god season three was awesome and the ending was fantastic yeah so for anyone who doesn't know we're whenever we wreck things we're gonna like explain what it is so for All Mankind is a is an alternate history show that's um, also like sci-fi in a sense. So it's, it asks, what if um, the Russians had won the space race um, by getting to the moon first? And so then like, that's, that's it. That's the premise. Yeah. And then they say, okay, what would happen next? So obviously what happens is because technically Russia did win or the USSR did win. Like they got the first man in space. Well, they were yeah, the first to get into space. So they had won twice. They had won two things. And America had moved the goalpost to the moon. Yeah. And so the the series essentially is America moving the goalpost <laughs> further and further. Like, oh, yeah, well, you did this. Well, yeah. I'm going to do this next. Um, Which is what I season three is all about. Now, having said that, to give the Americans credit, historically, there are a number of things that the Americans pulled off uh, at the same time as the Soviet, or just, you know, in within five years after the Soviets that were quite revolutionary and led the grounds for things such as the moon landing or the ISS or deep space exploration. So they definitely had a, um, a start. Yes, it was delayed, but they definitely did uh, do yeah. a few things first. Yeah. Um, and it stars Joel Kinnaman yes. among others. And he was from um, both suicide squad films yeah. as Rick flag. So if you like him, um, he's in that. Um Anything else that you've uh, consumed? You can say as much as you want. Okay, yeah. Well, so while I was uh, in June, I had a sort of dilemma because I had a month of MCAT studying left to go. I also had three new seasons of shows coming out. Actually, Mm. funny enough, they were all season threes. So um, The Orville, which is a just a sci-fi kind of Star Trek spinoff. Parody. Yeah. Specifically a parody. Yeah, parody, actually. Not a spinoff. It's a parody. Um, and it's by the Family Guy yes, guy, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. It's a it's a really good show. Alex will beg to differ, um, but I, that's yeah. okay. Well, wasn't for me. Yeah, I could uh, see people enjoying it. Yeah, it was it was good. So season three, we don't know if there's a season four coming um, yet. I hope there is. So that was show number one. For all mankind was show number two, and then show number three was Love Victor, uh, which is mm-hmm. a spinoff of the film Love Simon. So it's about. Uh, a uh, gay high school student at the same school that Simon went to, and he is going through sort of similar struggles and reaches out to Simon. So it's uh, that came out. Thankfully, that was like all in one day. So I got to watch the entire eight episode season in one go. <laughs> that was the last season. Um, so it was, uh, you know, sad, but whatever. Sad. That was. Uh, but that I'm, was I'm sure something's coming up in the lscu the love simon cinematic universe i'm sure they're not done oh no i don't think they are they're gonna milk that out as long as they can (laughs) with the books they're already milking it out as long as they can so we'll see how it goes i didn't know that it's based no it's it's based on a book first but there's like they started with one now there's like at least two or three so who knows okay i mean it's pretty easy you just put love and then yeah literally love insert character's name here uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe they'll branch out and do Girls' Night next. Maybe. Oh. Well, they did already, but it wasn't. It was. Uh, I don't remember the title. It was with Leah though, and it, but it wasn't it was Love book? Leah. It was a book. Yeah. Okay. Bye, bye, Leah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, any any other like movies things you've seen? <sighs> I'm trying to think of movies. Uh, oh well, we Alex, you and I saw Nope. 
Um, uh, oh yeah, like so like that was month, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Um, what else? I don't know. Oh, I've been watching lots of Modern Family, but that's not new. So that was while that's I was fair. that was yeah. Well, yeah that was while I was sitting at home recovering from COVID. So yeah. <gasps> uh oh. Alas. Alas. Okay, that's all you got for for Rex. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Peter, what do you got? Dude, it's hard, man. It's been um, I've been watching some shitty movies lately. <laughs> Um, choose your next words carefully if we're talking about the same one here oh no 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 no, no. Um, <laughs> I like okay so Alex and I watched the Talking Heads concert uh, saw Making Sense last night it was good but 1986 whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't like Talking butt? Heads enough to recommend it per se you know what I I'll recommend it. something that I watched earlier this month I think it's the pinnacle of British comedy and is very well done. It's a movie called In Bruges. So it features a cult. Sorry. <laughs> it's another Colin Farrell film, actually. Um, that one uh, is him and uh, Ray Fiennes, which are two brilliant actors that I adore very much. And, and hold on, it's someone else who's awesome, but you don't like as much. Brendan Gleeson. Yes, don't... exactly. Him He's as great. well um they were they were brilliant in that film i think if you are tired of the loud and ridiculous american comedy this can be a nice little break for you and, why do you uh, say american with such disdain <laughs> no no i love american comedy man i just it's, it's different it's different for our for our listeners and close friends who don't well those are one and the same those venn diagrams are circles um Anyways, uh, um, Peter is an Anglophile. He is in oh, love yeah. with all things British. Yeah, even talking like British people. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes for the worse. Sometimes yeah. we have to tell Peter that it's not okay to say things here that yeah. Brits are are allowed to say for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, actually, okay. So now that I remember this, uh, there was a string of movies that I saw that I'm gonna just say their titles and not really elaborate because that would take too long, but. Um, just say good bad okay all right a few weeks ago my boyfriend and i just decided to go on this string of watching all these movies because we had nothing Mm -hmm. better to do so we watched miss congeniality which was good then we watched uh oh we finished watching titanic because we started that and then finished it uh so i've seen titanic about 30 times so i'm gonna say good again then we watched american psycho 2 um (laughs) that's that's t-w-o yeah not T-O-O. Yeah. Better than you would expect. I'm going to say that. And then what and else who, we watch? Who does, it, who does it star? Oh, it stars Mila Kunis. <laughs> what? So, so yeah, it's, so it's, it's weird to, it's weird to her, hear her narration because all I could think was Meg Griffin. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of strange. Uh, what else? As Alex would say, that was a jump scare I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> I say that too much. And, no yeah. one and then the last one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which uh, I had seen before and he hadn't. And my God, he hated it. Uh, but I definitely liked it. So I like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as for Peter's in Bruges thing, I, I watched it and I hated it. I had to watch it in two parts and... It's just a, it's such a downer, and all the comedy is about like, like it's making fun of like small people, um, you know, people struggling with obesity and, um, dude, that's there's not some racist. There's some not racist true. humor. Name Criminally one joke that isn't one of those that things. Movie right there. See, that's name what one, British comedy is all one, about, though. Like, that's like not said, a good excuse. That's dude, not a good. Ex- that's not the excuse my, you think it is. 
Dude, I, I'm telling you, in my review, I've said very clearly that British comedy is about the suddenness, and while most jokes are self-deprecating, um, the, the, the highlight of the movie is in such a grim scenario, they're able to find humor and hope. And I think By making that is fun of so people. Valuable. It's not funny. Well, dude, it's the not movie funny. Came out in two thousand and eight. It was a, under a different time. There, whatever. I'm not even. We've already. Dude, we, you're, we're just just a, on, you're just being a hater, dude. Come on. I'm the I'm the opposite of an anglophile. I'm an <laughs> angle hater. Um, it's not even true. Um, anything else that you watched more recently? I can't believe that you didn't like the Talking Heads. I do. I said I liked it. But it's you not were good vibing. enough for me to recommend it per se. Now, if the a... weekend concert on oh, the other, oh hand... my god! <laughs> Even Sasha's rolling his eyes. What was okay? What was the part? There was some part of the film though that you were going crazy over, but I don't remember what it was. Stop making sense. Yeah, it was the. It was the. I think it was what. Uh... You said he's not going to do that, is he? And then he did, but I don't remember what it was. Damn, I forgot. But he, you were, you were like, like going. Dude, the, the, bananas. the songs, the songs are great. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I thought you liked it, even if like you're not the biggest Talking Heads fan because you only listen to the things that are maximum ten years old, um, for the most part. Tell me I'm wrong. That is not Other true. than you have one playlist that is just oldies, and that's so vague that he has Limp Biscuit thrown in there with. Dude, Electric I'm telling you, their orchestra. version of Behind Blue Eyes is better than The Who's. It's Just a song opinion. from the 2000s, and you put it with things from the 80s and the 70s. <laughs> That's well, well, ridiculous. Behind Blue yeah, Eyes, no. Okay, Behind Blue Eyes is not 2000s. That's like putting, like having a, a catch-all playlist that has country and Christmas songs. <laughs> dude, dude, you're just roasting. You might point. as well. Yeah, that's most of what I do. Um, is there any... Oh, there was something else we watched yesterday, though. Again, and we kind of like, alluded honestly, to it. Uh, dude, I, I love the premise of the rehearsal, but I honestly you love still the, think... I, you I love only the, liked, like, two episodes a lot. You loved the premise of it so much that after I showed him two episodes, he binged the rest of it <laughs> in one night, staying wow. up until... Oh, no, you fell asleep, and then you said you woke up at five to finish it. Yeah. So yeah, he he found it okay, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Dude, all I'm saying, dude, I only found two episodes like spectacular. You know, like the first episode I loved. I think season two should follow first episode's format personally. I disagree. And then the the filter method episode I loved. These two are fantastic. Like I said before, the more it gets. I mean, it helps that I watched Nathan for you the show first, so I know who Nathan is, and I. Like I kind of like him as a character because uh, in that it. in that show as well, highly recommend. In that show, um, there is a bit of uh, an arc for Nathan where he's also working on himself as well as doing the business whatnot. Um, but it's not as prevalent as it is in this show. And I think the more it becomes about Nathan, the more interested I am because um, then it's not just like a, a, a serialized show where every episode is different. I have to. I do agree, though, Peter. Uh, the first episode is fantastic, um, with with um, Core Core Skeet. I think it's so funny. Um, but the more absurd the situation gets as Nathan goes down that rabbit hole, I think I think that's so much more fun. Um, yeah, and it just finished. Uh, the season finale was the other day, and it was so good. 
Um, anything else you've been watching? No. Uh, no, doesn't. A lot of great shows coming out though that I'm uh, keeping my eye out for. Yeah. House of um, Dragon coming out very today. soon. Today. Today. Yeah, actually today. Yeah, tonight. House of Dragon coming out yeah. tonight. And then um, Sandman, I need to watch. I heard good things about it. Um, and like things like Endor is coming out next month very yeah. soon. Um, Ring like of Power always... coming out very soon. Lot, lots of great shows coming yeah. out. I feel like there's always good TV coming out. So that I just feel like I'm overwhelmed with all these Well, I mean, I can't, like these are actually like big budget. Like I guess like it's not even sure. fair to call them TV production at that point. Because they're literally like one hour film weekly yeah you know? that's true yeah um yeah so yeah i've been watching things but i've kind of glanced over a bunch so like after yang i watched and it was fantastic go check it out um stop making sense that was showing it to peter was the second time i've seen it in like a i think i watched it a week ago so like i watched it twice rather um close together and it's fantastic i would argue that it is no to be fair i haven't seen very many concert films uh, if any other ones, but like, I think it, it could easily be the best that there is. Um, it's just, it's filmed in an excellent way. Um, I love what they do with lighting. The songs are 90% bangers. Um, it's like, it's like an album I would want to have, um, on vinyl. Um, although I don't own a record player, so, um, <laughs> but yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Um, so that's that's the stuff I've uh, the movies I've been watching um, shows I finished the rehearsal which is fantastic um, first episode of She-Hulk came out uh, Peter and I watched it um, and I really liked it um, I know some people aren't like sure about it and there's you know a bunch of people who are saying mean things but I thought it was I think it nailed the tone it was going for which is just like being kind of goofy and fun and so I really liked uh, what it had. I don't think it's like perfect. Like, I think, um, I don't know, but I, I did enjoy, I had a good time. And I think uh, there was some, there were some good laughs and kind of like stuff that pokes fun at the MCU in a way that I'm not sure that they've done yet. I don't think they've done like a, a comedy film where they're making fun of the stuff that they've made before or like the lore They've done comedy before, but not like that. So go check that out. Um, and we might do a, an episode on it when it's done. Uh, I've also been catching up on the third season of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, it's on Disney Plus now, so I've been watching that. Uh, great movie, and the show is uh, keeping up with that. I think it's a great show. Um, so if you, if you like the movie, go check it out. Um, yeah, I just love those characters. And I... Having, uh, I'm a big fan of the movie, but I almost want to say that um, Matt Berry's character from the show is the best vampire from either of them. He's just so, Matt Berry is so funny. Just the way he talks, he has such a, a unique voice and I, I think he's hilarious. So go check out what we do in the shadows. Um, and then just get some like random things. So um, I downloaded um, uh, It Takes Two, uh, a video game um that one was like pretty popular when it came out so uh peter and i were trying it out and it's it's pretty fun I, i've been enjoying that one a lot um every level peter's shaking his head um every level is like unique 
and the the mechanics keep changing like you get cool tools and yeah i think it's great um i don't play a lot of like two-player games so for like one of the first ones i've got that does that well i guess i used to play the lego star wars games so that was also two-player but um yeah it's great and then last thing to recommend for me is i saw um a band also with peter peter's in town and he's not usually in town so you know we've been hanging out but um we checked out a band local band called screaming at traffic they're kind of um Oh boy, they're like alt-rock or like emo kind of punk thing. So we checked them out at um, at, a, at a club and I loved it. It's definitely um, as far from Peter's cup of tea as possible. Um, and the openers were like like the kind of metal bands that like scream. So Peter was like, <laughs> like freaking out a little bit and I was vibing. I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, go check out uh, Screaming in Traffic. They're on Spotify. They got some pretty good stuff, if I do say so myself. Um, so next week, um, no plan. We have no plan, but um, we could do Prey um, or maybe Nope um, or perhaps The Gray Man. I don't know if there's much coming out soon this week or into September, um, but soon I'm also going to be out of town, so... We'll have to figure out when we're going to record another episode. So it might be a bit uh, for our avid listeners. Where, where are you going out of town, Alex? Um, that's actually confidential, but <laughs> no, um, I'm going to the uh, the Los Angeles. Oh, Los wow. Los Angeles. Yeah. So I'm you going. can go to Hollywood and get some recommendations. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Hollywood. <laughs> I'll go to the Hollywood offices and yeah. I'll ask around. Um, just go to the sign and knock on the door of this knock on the sign and be like can you tell me what to do for my podcast please and i'll 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 rub the sign and say yes my son and and a genie will come out yeah yeah um so yeah no plan but we'll do something eventually um uh, any any last words check the texts check our texts last words i have reception (laughs) (laughs) nice um, okay, so until next time, uh, I, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. See you, everybody. Sasha, do you want to say your name? Oh, sorry, spoilers. Oh, that's okay, Alex. <laughs> uh, and I'm Sasha, this week's guest. Uh, thanks again, guys, for having me on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Okay, uh, see ya. Bye. Bye, everybody.